The ESPN San Antonio Audio Vault is powered by AA Best Bail Bonds. 210-225-2121. Or online at mybestbailbonds.com. Live, local, loud. KZDC, San Antonio Sports Star. ESPN, AM 1250 and 94.5 FM. Joe Reinager, Jason Minix, The Blitz. It is The Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN, AM 1250, 94.5 FM. I'm Jason Minix. He is Joe Reinagle. Hello, Jason Minix. Good afternoon. Are, are you having a good afternoon over there? I'm having a great day. Are you, you know? sure you're well, having a good afternoon over there, Joe Reinagle? You know, tech technology uh, always <laughs> seems to get me, and... Uh, I tell you what, I've had two engineers here at the radio station working on my computer for about the last hour. Finally, we got in. It's working back there in the office. I bring it in here in the studio, and uh, now I can't connect to the Wi-Fi. You know, Carl Schoening is producing today in place of James Pledger. The question is, who's going to call grumpy-ass Greg Shelton? He's right there. Look, but, uh, He's looking through the window like, you know, we're at the zoo. Come on in, Greg. <laughs> Come on in, Greg. We're live on the air, so be careful, my friend. You can't use the engineering words that you use in the office. You've got to speak a different language, but uh, Joe can't get onto the Wi-Fi. I've got nothing but good things to say Greg about Shelton Greg Shelton today. Is, uh, well, that's not true. That's not what you were saying earlier. No, I, I did. Uh, I, I said mean, I had two engineers working on my computer for about the last hour, Uh huh. right? And they did a great job, except when I get in here, it says I can't. Now, is it Alpha Mobile One or is it Alpha when, Media Devices? When you were left your own devices to try to figure this out, it it uh, it was there. Now, don't give out the password on the air, Joe. Okay, I won't. And but it's see, one it of those pin weird, number. stupid passwords that Greg Shelton comes up with. And I, I've got to admit, now I am not far away. I am not far away from this moment, and this is live radio, but this is what you have to do. <laughs> this is great, right? When, right? when the show starts at 4, there's there's internet issues within our building to begin with, right? This one here? There, there are. Uh, what we're having, the other one. Yeah, that's what it is, right? Okay. So the, the comical part is you got grumpy-ass Greg Shelton in there trying to figure stuff out, and then, then Jag shows up, and... Jag and Joe Reinagle speak Android. Greg do, Shelton yes. does not speak Android. He uses all the words that you can't say on radio with somebody that has an Android. But then somehow it got figured out. But as I'm sitting in the office and we're, we're, we're Joe and I are trying to prep and do all the stuff that we need to do, blah, 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 right? You know, these guys, you know, like, God dang, where's my readers? And, and they're sharing readers, and then Jag walks off with Joe's readers, and Joe can't see anything. And then we got to get Jag to come back because he's got the readers, but he's left them on somebody else's desk. And Look then Greg, Greg, Shelton, Greg Shelton can't find his readers, and then he realizes they're hanging off of his chest because he's got one of those clips that he saw on Shark Tank. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, I need those. And then he can't find them. And they're on his chest because he forgets he wears a magnet around in the middle of his boobs. I mean, it's just comical what we've done the last couple of hours in preparing for this, as Rob likes to call it, restaurant quality radio. Dude, I'm in. I am in. I'm secure. I'm connected. I'm ready to roll. Let's do this. 
Can, you think the listeners give us an hour so we could go prep and then come back? No. Okay. Because <laughs> no, that means we'd have to work till eight. Okay. No, we don't want to do no. that. We don't want to do that. You know, it's it's funny that you say that about Shelton, Jason, because I will never forget this, man. This was many moons ago. I'm talking on the phone. I'm driving my car, and I'm going down there, and I call somebody at my office, and I say, you know what? I left my phone at the office. I got to turn around and come back. And there was silence on the other end, right? I said, I can't. I hate it when I do that. I hate it when I do that. And they said, well, Joe, what what are you talking to me on? And that's when you feel like, remember that cartoon jackass that comes on? That's what I turned into right there. So I've done that before, and it's it's nuts. So you thought you left your phone. And I'm talking on it. And you're talking yeah. on it. <laughs> I was that, about to ask if you had a car phone like the 90s. It, well, no, no. But, I, I mean, this was like, I, I think it was, a, I, I had a BlackBerry back in the day. Oh. Right? I love that thing, by the way. I wish they'd bring those back. But, yeah, and I'm, I'm talking on <laughs> You're it. You're the thinking, only one. I, you know. You and Shefty. I left it. I left my phone. And, uh, yeah, it, it, the silence. I'll never forget the silence. It's like, well, wait a minute. Is this a prank or what? what's happening? <laughs> you realize what we're dealing with over here? Yeah. Now, I, I could understand that if it happened today, because Joe carries two phones. He's one of thems. I do. He carries two phones. One of them just keeps his bag from flying away, because I never see him use it, but every now and then it will make some noise, and he'll try to figure out what's that noise coming from. Oh, yeah, that's my work phone. Gonna lose this in a couple of weeks. <laughs> I will, and that you know that will be a plus. The only reason I use the other phone, and it's an Apple, by the way, and I don't like apples, but uh, is for emails from Ken's TV. Uh huh. So that's why I use that. So I have that on the go. Everything else, though, I use my personal phone, uh, including personal email, radio station email, everything else. So uh, that that's going to help streamline. Everything once we uh, once we make that move here in about what four weeks now? Uh, how? Yeah, we're four weeks away from your official retirement from Ken's TV. Wow! Well, you'll be a a one job guy as opposed to a two job guy. Well, you know, I mean, that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? I can go do the uh, rock and roll karaoke at Pick's Bar on a Tuesday night. That ain't gonna happen. <laughs> well, it might. It might happen. It might happen once. <laughs> be a rock star it, at picks bar i mean that's you know one of the funniest things that i've heard from carl shoning who is producing today so i'll give him fair opportunity to defend himself is the other day on halftime <laughs> carl shoning saying that he's got this this deep dark goal of doing stand-up comedy and i know carl i i don't know carl well but i know carl well enough right you know but you know we work different schedules typically and you know but he's come out and you know at some of our events had some beers with him i'm getting to know him and you know stand-up comedy is nothing that i would say yeah i could see carl doing that it's very maddening and i only had that ambition when i was 23 i started a type five and i could only get about three minutes into it and then i had other friends in comedy and i realized that that Three minutes that took me forever to get three minutes of is pointless in two weeks in stand-up comedy time. you got to come up with new material. So it's a very dark world, stand-up comics. you got to think about anything that's funny and but, hope it works. But, but, I, but you also said your comedy is at a level where you could only do it somewhere where nobody knows the Shoning name. 
Yes, I don't want to go out there and talk about some of the stuff that I've come up with because if it's on social media, I might not get hired by various colleges that already employ me to do their play-by-play. I'd rather keep it PG for the kids. Yeah, there's something interesting about that. Now, I've got a friend, he does radio up in Waco. His name is Paul Catalina. And Paul does stand-up comedy. And I would never have thought Paul would do stand-up comedy. And then I saw some of his stuff. Dude is good. I mean, you never know with people. Well, that's why I think Carl would be good, because Carl's got that demeanor where, you know, he, he's going to come out on stage, they're going to introduce him, hey, Carl Schoening, come on out, and then all of a sudden you're looking at Carl and you go, there's no way this guy is funny. <laughs> right? And, and I don't mean that a <laughs> yeah, bad you way, do. Carl. Wow. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, you do. Now, Carl looks it's... more like a serious guy, right? I mean, he, mm-hmm. he's, he's a serious guy, mm-hmm. and, you know, when I think of a comedian, you know, they some of them are kind of goofy looking. You know what? Carl's more of a serious guy. <laughs> And he's, you know, and, and, and so then, but he would start talking and Carl would be funny. I can see that. See, the opening line to my comedy would have been, should I be offended that I'm not invited to do cocaine at parties? I'm never <laughs> invited to the room upstairs. See? And, and, you know, it only really hits if people laugh. You know, you need at least a few people to laugh. When I did, uh, when I went to Letterman years ago, I was there on a Monday for Thursday's recording. Letterman would mm-hmm. knock out all five in one day and, you know, have something to make it sound like a current event. And they said, you are the reason he is funny. Laugh at his jokes. Yeah. So they trained us to laugh. And, you know, that's what I learned. If nobody laughs at your jokes, then you're really not going to gain any momentum. So and wait a minute. Really, what we just heard here, Joe? Yeah, I'm glad I didn't go into it. Is if Carl's at your party, invite him to the fun room. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're going to let him come to the party... Let him go upstairs. No, but I can see that. I mean, you know, because again, see, Carl looks like a serious guy. And so he tricks people. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's a lot of fun. I've heard him on the radio. Uh, I don't know Carl well. I know his father, Bill, very well. But, you know, Carl, I don't know as well. But I, you look at Carl and you think he's a serious guy. So I could see him not getting an invite to the fun room at a party. <laughs> That's all. See, here's the thing, though. Because I know his dad, I figure the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, and you figure he would not only be in the fun room, but he'd be in the fun room with a guitar, uh, writing lines while doing lines. I mean, there would be something to that. Now, Bill would be invited to the fun room. <laughs> yes, he would. Right? I mean, yes. Bill would. Are you kidding? He's leading the charge upstairs. <laughs> you can't turn down that mustache. You no, know, exactly. you bring it to the I, room. I mean, that's, that's, that's the whole deal. I'm waiting for Bill to text me now. Voice of the San Antonio Spurs, obviously, if you don't know, and, and everybody knows Bill Schoening and knows who he is, but Dude, uh, he's I, the best of the best, best in the business. I'm going to tell a, a very recent Bill Schoening story. Okay. The other day, just randomly... Uh, we were texting back and forth, just just kind of random out of the blue stuff. And I thought he had heard our segment the other day uh, after Mr. Franklin had passed away about voices of teams and what they mean. Because the next morning I get a text from Bill, and I hadn't heard from him in, in a while. And we're just going back and forth, very generic stuff. And then he sends me a clip of a song he did uh, about, I don't know what basketball team from like Istanbul or whatever, but it's how he figured how he was going to learn all their names, so he put it to a reggae song. And you talk about an earworm. <laughs> that was in my head for two days. I don't know how he does it. I, I don't either. Because those names of some of the players now just roll off of his tongue. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. It's it's a talent. As no. a play-by-play guy, 
A lot of effort goes into how to properly pronounce a name. A lot of respect for Bill Shoney. I, I just, he's the best in the business, in my opinion. And, and like when I'm doing high school games, you ask a coach, how do you say a name? And you maybe ask two coaches just to see if it's the same, because I can't tell you how many times I will <laughs> phonetically write out what the coach tells me, and then I'll get a Facebook message or a tweet from the mom saying how much I've butchered it. Absolutely. That happens all the time. And what I love is about high school basketball now, right? So Jason Eggleston, the photographer that we have at, at Ken's, he'll go shoot some high school basketball games. And then sometimes he'll send me the roster, and it's just <laughs> handwritten, right, yeah. that the coaches do or the scores do, and they try to phonetically spell that thing. And most of the time it's not right. Either it's not right or I'm not reading it right, one of the two. But I would think um, we know which one. Yeah, probably I'm not reading it right. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm a little bit better than Dan Cook was, but uh, not much. I know, when it comes to names. When I did Iguanas Hockey, there were some names where, admittedly, we just made them up. I mean, you would talk to a guy. We had a Russian player that didn't speak any English. And I don't know. His name wasn't Smith, but it might as well have been. He had no idea. No clue. The, the fans had no idea. Right. As long as it was sort of close. Because you would have names that you know come across as, I, I don't know, uh, sheer heart, but it starts with a T and there's Z's in there and all that and I have no idea. And well, and the coach, you know, Dale Henry or John Torch, uh, Torchetti, who used to coach for the Iguanas, just named yesterday the head coach interim, the head coach of the Philadelphia Flyers. They would just make stuff up, too, I great think. Great guy. Yeah, well, or, or just give you a nickname. I don't know his name. It's this. And I said, well, I can't say that on the radio. I'll lose my job. Because a lot of their nicknames you can't say on the radio. Well, we always went through that, right? Do you remember, and maybe you're the only one on the planet that didn't say this, remember Manu Ginobili? Yeah. When he, when he was first drafted, everybody called him Ginobili. Well, and that's, that's how it was pronounced. That's Well, that's what we thought until we found out it was Ginobili. But I bet I went with Ginobili for, gosh, I don't know, a I, month or so. I honestly used to purposely go back and forth between Manu and Manu. Because I figure I was right half the time. Yeah, you, you were yeah. half the time. Yeah, half the time. You know, just, yeah. just, just, just go with it. But yeah, I remember Emmanuel Gino Beely. Gino Beely. Yes. And you remember when he first got here and they tried to give him number six? Yes. And everybody got upset yeah. because that was Avery Johnson's uh -huh. number. Yeah. Yeah. And it quickly became number 20. <laughs> what? I have no idea what some of those comments are. I have no clue what are. those were all about. Some of the dudes going to the bathroom I, together. I, 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 I'm not sure know, what that you was. Know, and here's the thing with, uh, you know, and Pledge does this as well. You know, randomly the producer, whoever's in the producer chair, will throw up comments from our Facebook Live or our YouTube feed. Yeah. And they throw them up, and it will catch your eye. <laughs> you try to read it, uh, you know, while talking. And then it disappears before you can finish reading it. And you have no idea if it was good for the conversation or bad for the conversation. Usually I do that out of your own protection. You weren't going to read that out loud, but yes. Then it was, why do you throw it up? Because they're interacting with us. We need to encourage interaction for our, you know, people that watch us on YouTube and Facebook. I agree. I give them a little interaction with my eyes usually. Now, can they see that, Carl, that you interacted with them and put it up on our screen? Yeah, if they're paying attention. that this What you guys see is what's going out to Facebook and YouTube. 
So if I throw up this comment, that, that'll be on YouTube. So feed. wait a minute. All the ones that we ignore, they know that too? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they notice us <laughs> ignoring them. Yeah, but, but, but what Carl is saying though, because we put it on the screen, that's an acknowledgement from the show, whether you or I actually acknowledge it. I see. Okay. See, well, I, I didn't know we were being tested like I, that. I, I didn't either, you know, and, and, you know, but I know, um, Pledger does that a lot. Uh, Rudolph Renee, appreciate that. Uh, Pledger does that a lot where you'll see him, making gestures into the camera on the thing and i think he's making a gesture to us but in reality he's gesturing to a comment on facebook it's a it's a whole new world well you know it, it already i can see the difference right you know between pledge and carl you know see carl's this because pledge is listening on his way home of course. i guarantee you right absolutely carl is is uh you know he's look at him he's serious right he's more serious he's he's down to business <laughs> Pledge is back there dancing around, and and I'm not saying one is better than the other, no, not Pledge, at all, because Pledge, I, I love Pledge. I, I told you when you started here, and I, 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 I've, I've been with Pledger for about 20 years. Mm-hmm. What's going on on that side of the glass, it's a test of your professionalism to not let it become a distraction, because he might see something on Twitter, and you might think he just shot himself in the foot and is reacting to it. And it's about a comment. <laughs> you know, the the reactions, the energy, the self-entertainment that he's doing on the other side of the glass, I have no idea. See, and when I see Carl, like if I'm watching Rob and Rudy in the morning, you know, sometimes I wonder if, if Carl's even paying attention to what's going on on the show. Yeah, you, you know, because he's just over there, has the stoic look on his face like he's in the middle of a poker game. You know, Rob and Rudy are laughing their ass off, and, you know, Carl is just... Thing. Professionalism. I try to smirk if it's really funny. <laughs> yeah, but, See, you know, but it's to his stand-up comedy level funny that you have that, to now hit. Now this is a real test, right? Yes. I mean, if we say something and I look over and Carl's not laughing or smirking, then it, it probably it, it, it wasn't, wasn't funny. It wasn't funny. Okay, I if got he's it. laughing. I got it. Drop the mic and go home because you, you've got him to cra- see. You got him to there crack a smile. That's what it is. And and really, I, I'm not. Pledge is going to the Spurs game tonight. Oh, okay. And, and so they switched shifts. Shifts. Okay. Which sucks, right? Especially for a guy like Carl, because tomorrow Carl's got to get back up at whatever time in the morning. And then Friday they're switching again. Oh, wow. You know, okay. so it's a roller coaster of early mornings or, or late at nights. Now, for Pledge, it doesn't matter because I think he only stops to plug in for about three hours a day. And he's always going. Carl seems to be the kind of guy that requires 12 hours of sleep a day and then two hours of meditation. So this is really screwing with his life. I did enjoy sleeping past 3 a.m. this morning, though. That was nice. Well, good. You see, he's refreshed, he's ready to go, and and everything's good. You know, I did hear uh, Rob and Rudy this morning. I want to tell you. they were. You know what they were talking about? What? Vienna sausages. <laughs> Now I didn't figure out whether either one of those guys liked Vienna sausages, but they I'm, were they were talking about it. I'm gonna so guess Rob will go with it. Rudy won't. All right. I'm, I didn't hear it this morning. I I woke up dealing with uh, a plumber at eight thirty in the morning. <laughs> That's always fun. Always, always. <laughs> fun. Is there anything going on today in the sports world? You know there is. Um, I love catching up with you guys, though. That's Josh nice. Primo was recalled from Austin. He was. Yeah. <laughs> How did I know? That is exactly what Carl was going to say. 
I mean, because everybody wants to know what's going on with the G League Spurs. Well, with Josh Primo, you may be right, though. I yeah. mean, a lot of Spurs fans want to know what that dude's doing and and uh, when he's coming back to stay and when he's going to replace, uh, I don't know, David Robinson up in the rafters. Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a while for that. But yeah. I, I'll, I'll tell you what, Spurs last night, though, and maybe that's why Pledge took the day off. Because yesterday, James Pledger spent a lot of time off-air talking about his Rockets. And, you know, last time you guys said it should be an easy win, you know, my Rockets won. You know, there was a lot of crap talk. Today, he doesn't show up for work. He doesn't show up for this show at work after the Spurs just rolled the Houston Rockets last night. Yeah, it wasn't even funny. I mean, it, from the get-go, well, I, I, midway first quarter, I guess, the Spurs finally got their feet underneath them and started making some shots, and man, they were just all over the place. And again, you know what's, what's frustrating with the Spurs sometimes is that you know the talent that they have and the ability they have, we saw it last night. Now, granted, Houston's, it, it's kind of like, <laughs> yeah, why is everything like the Cowboys, right? Yeah, it's kind of like the Cowboys <laughs> playing, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles, the final game of the season, right? It, the, the competition is not quite there. However, you see exactly what kind of talent this team has already. And that's why it's frustrating that they don't play better at times. And, and the, the interesting thing is, Jason, is that they do Usually for three quarters. There's one quarter. See, the first or the fourth that the Spurs always seem to slip up and these good teams beat them. That happened against Philly the other night. And, and a lot of these good teams, that's what happens. So, uh, it's frustrating, but the, I, I really truly believe they have the foundation, uh, to get this thing done and turned around pretty quickly. And again, this year, whether they make the playoffs or the play in or not, that foundation is there. You know, Jimenez can talk tank all he wants. I just don't know if this team is good enough. Even if they're, it, it, without trying to, to, to lose, to tank or any of that, I just don't know if they're talented enough when they're playing really good basketball teams. And that will come with time when you look at the way this team is playing. Uh, Mike Finger had an incredible column the other day when Patty Mills and LaMarcus Aldridge were back in town talking about Pop's approach to this season and you know apparently even LaMarcus was like dude how are you going to deal with this yeah you know I mean you know because LaMarcus has the relationship with Pop where he could say to him what we're all thinking how does Pop who can't tolerate mistakes go back but Pop's in teaching mode he still gets mad but he'll forget it a lot faster because he understands what he is dealing with and what he has and, and where they are and I came into this season talking about whether they make the playoffs, don't make the playoffs, are we seeing them play better basketball in January, February than we are in November, December? And uh, we are, especially now yeah, that they're all yeah. healthy out of the protocols and uh, are not dealing with any kind of ankle injuries or stuff like that. Guys are playing better. You're seeing the progression that you want to see. And, and it's just a matter of playing with each other. What I've seen from Pop that I haven't seen over the past 25 years is this. Pop will go into his, his post-game press conference and instead of just, you know, railing on the team that they were soft, they're this, he'll throw those words out, but he always starts with, you know, the, the effort was there. The guys mm -hmm. were trying. Yep. I, I promise you over the past 25 years, I have never heard Pop preface <laughs> as many post-game pref press conferences as well the guys put out the effort but you know they were a little soft here or whatever the case may be so uh, you know he, he's he's being mindful 
of their feelings, right? Mm-hmm. You know, their egos. Yeah. And as they're growing up, I think he will get a little bit harder. I think DeJounte Murray, he is probably harder on than anybody else. But it's it's amazing. Over the past 25 years, I've never seen Pop be like this. You know, a lot of his comments, the way you just couched that, when I the way you said that, and maybe it's his approach to this year's team, but the way he seems to be handling his players is a lot like a lot of the high school football coaches that we deal with on a regular, especially on teams that are that are not going to win, say, district or be a 10 and 0 team or, you know, one of those teams that you think might go win a state championship. You know, those teams that, you know, you want them to be competitive in the games. And, you know, there's some games that you circle and go, this should be a win. We can beat these guys. This one, we just hope we survive. You know, and, and those are the kind of things that you hear from those coaches when you talk to them. I, I like the idea of his approach here and that Mike Finger column really kind of summed it all up with Pop's approach to this year. Spurs back in action tonight after that big win last night. We'll talk about that coming up here on the Blitz. Jane Slater from the NFL Network. She will join us at 5.30. We'll get the latest on uh, Sean Payton. And what's great, she covers the Cowboys and the Saints for the NFL Network. Uh, and now obvious ties there. A lot of people are talking about Sean Payton and Dallas and what that will mean, including Michael Irvin. We'll get into that as we continue here on the Blitz. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 94.5 FM. I'm Jason Minnix. He is Joe Reinagle on Twitter at JoeKens5. You can tweet at me at Jason Minnix. You could always dial up the Kia Bossa Bacon phone lines, 210-656-ESPN, 656-3776. You know, Joe, yesterday Sean Payton dominated the show with his retirement announcement from the New Orleans Saints. He did, yes. He is still dominating the news cycle 24 hours later. There's conference championship games this weekend, and every show today is all about Sean Payton to the Dallas Cowboys. Absolutely. And and he's going to dominate this show and others as we move forward, depending on what he does. Because that shadow is going to loom over the Dallas Cowboys and Mike McCarthy from now until... Jerry Jones decides what he's going to do or whether Mike McCarthy goes on to win a Super Bowl. You know, I'm very curious, and maybe because of what we heard yesterday from Mike Florio, that a deal was done in 2019, like done. Everything was worked out between Sean Payton and Jerry Jones and the compensation coming back from the New Orleans Saints. And blame Anthony Davis and Mickey Loomis, but I'll blame Anthony Davis for that not happening. That if it's available now, would Jerry try to put it together right now? A guy that knows Jerry Jones very well, Michael Irvin. Man, I miss talking to Michael Irvin every week. Yeah. But he signed that exclusive deal. So, you know, we'll, we'll have him Super Bowl week, I can promise you. Um, but he was on 105.3 The Fan up in, in, in Dallas. And Michael Irvin seems to think if there's a way, and if Jerry wants it, efforts right now could be underway. I mean, let me tell you what. Let me tell you what. Let me tell you how first Jerry thinks. Waiting is not necessary. Waiting is not a part of his DNA. If he thinks there's something that he can make it happen and, and, and it needs to happen, 
he's going to try to pull it off right now. And you wonder. I mean, you know what's going to cost him. It's going to cost him some draft capital. It's going to cost him some money. But Jerry Jones has said a million times, ain't a check big enough that he wouldn't write to get a Super Bowl if he was allowed to do it. Yeah, I guarantee you he would do whatever it takes to get that done if that's what he thinks needs to get done. And and and, and Michael Irvin obviously knows Jerry Jones better than than most folks do. And I and I but I agree with him. I think if Jerry thought he could get Sean Payton, if he thought Sean Payton was the you know magic pill to get the Dallas Cowboys over the hump and into the Super Bowl, uh he would do it today. He would do it today. And Mike McCarthy would be gone. Sean Payton would be in. So why the hesitation? Well we don't know that there is hesitation. Well, we don't. I, You're I, right. I, I mean, I, I just can't believe, and I don't believe, Sean Payton, when he said yesterday, I don't know what's next. All these network no, reports, I don't, uh, I don't know what's no. next. You know, I mean, I saw Chris Carter on this morning on NFL Network saying, yeah, I had signed a deal with HBO for a couple million dollars, had my press conferences, I'm going to spend time with my family, right. I'm going to travel. You know damn well what's next. That that leads to your decision to retire, to, to announce you're leaving. Uh, I I read, I don't know, in MySA.com about a local sportscaster that was going to retire to spend more time with his family. <laughs> no damn well what was next. Who was that guy, and why did he say that? I, you know, because, I, you, you know, we know how that works, right? Um, I, I, it, so many questions with Sean Payton. And we touched on him some yesterday, but... You know, when you digest it for 24 hours and read all the different comments and all that kind of stuff, Sean Payton's going to want roster control. Would get, would Jerry give it up? That's the question. But I have to believe that that was part of the negotiation in 2019. Exactly. It had to have been. So if, if, if Sean Payton was comfortable coming to the Dallas Cowboys in 2019, then he must have felt comfortable that he was going to have the say-so in, in the players that were on the field. So you would have to imagine he would have the say-so and the players that were on the field. But again, I don't know, and I'm going to say this again, I don't know what Jerry Jones has done wrong when it comes to that part of it. He's got some players on that field. He does. He's done his job. The players and the coaches now have to do theirs. So I, I'm not sure what, what Sean Payton could do better than Jerry Jones has done already is what I'm trying well, to say. As far as the roster control and the players that are on there, and I certainly agree with that. Uh, Jerry Jones has put together, along with Stephen and Will McClay, but Jerry is the GM. He's the guy that signs off on everybody. Universally, this was believed to be a Super Bowl caliber roster back in August. Defense just had to play a little bit better. Offense was great. So what kind of difference would Sean Payton make? And and that's the question. How much better would Sean Payton be over Mike McCarthy? Michael Irvin with a very interesting take there. Here's the difference that you have to understand. That I think puts Sean Payton above it all. Look at the success that Sean Payton has had without his best players. Without Michael Thomas, without Drew Brees, he still keeps them competitive. They beat the champs twice this year without his best players. That's what we're talking about. Without our best players, we lost every darn game. That's just the reality. We lost every darn game. I had a stuffed animal 
on the show as an emotional support dog. Are you joking? That's what I'm talking about. And, and you know what? He's right. He's right. Without the best players on the Cowboys, outside of beating Minnesota with Cooper Rush, they lost. When guys were out, they went into a bit of a tailspin. Mike McCarthy did not right the ship. And you know it. Michael Irvin knows it. Michael Irvin speaks it. Jerry Jones is going to listen to what Michael Irvin says. I, I mean, Jerry gets a lot of advice from a lot of different people, and he respects what Michael Irvin talks about. And their relationship, it's tight. And if you've ever been around those two in the same room, did you go to the media party this year in, in Oxnard? I did not, no. Um, I mean, Michael shows up, and I mean, he and Jerry, it was, it was you know, the, the love fest is there between those two. And Michael does have Jerry's ear. And I, I, so when I hear Michael Irvin say that, I, I think he's right. And Jerry's got to be thinking the same thing. But kind of like Greg Zerline at the end when Jerry was like, look, we've looked at the available kickers. I don't know that there's one better than what we have now. And he might have thought that towards the end of the season or when they they got beaten, he didn't talk for a week, Jerry, that is there a coach available right now that's better than Mike McCarthy? Well, at, at the time, no. Today, yes. Well, perhaps. And, and that's that's an argument that we can have if you'd like to have that. That's fine. Look, Mike McCarthy lost badly to some teams when he had his full roster, roster mm -hmm. in place. True. So it, it doesn't have to be without the players. The difference, Jason, where I think Sean Payton, and I thought about this a lot because I asked you the question yesterday, what, what makes Sean Payton so much better than what the Cowboys have now? And I thought about it quite a bit. And the difference would be... If, whether it's Sean Payton or Joe Blow, whoever comes in, is to hold those players accountable. Mm -hmm. You cannot be the most penalized team in the NFL and get to a Super Bowl. It just, I mean, your odds of doing you, you that, can't. You're right. you, you can't yeah, yeah. do it. So discipline, holding the players accountable. You've got to be, and, and I'll go back to Greg Popovich. He used to yell at Tim Duncan as much as he'd yell at anybody. Sure. Right? And hold him accountable. Coaches like Sean Payton will do that. Coaches like Sean Payton will hold those players accountable and make sure that that doesn't happen again. One of the things that's going to be interesting, if a change does not happen immediately, and when I say immediately, with offseason about to begin and player evaluations, if there's going to be a coaching change, I would imagine it happens before the Super Bowl. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Jerry dropped it on Super Bowl Sunday or Saturday yeah, just, wouldn't to, surprise just me at to steal all. some headlines, right? And they've got some things that they would legally have to have to work out, including fire the coach, go through the sham of a interview process a and Rooney Rule, all I mean, of that stuff, which is stupid. But it, it could happen. But like Todd Archer from ESPN tweeted out, next year, every time there's a bad play, it's going to be WWSD. What would Sean Payton do? Um, you know, or WWJD, what is Jerry going to do, right? I mean, all, all that's going to be there. It's going to suck next year for Mike McCarthy because he's a dead man walking. It's Super Bowl or bust, which it probably was anyway. But, again, you got to look at the landscape and how competitive and if there's improvements there. It's not really fair to Mike McCarthy. But as Michael Irvin told the boys at 105.3 The Fan, fair? Don't talk to me about fair. Dude, what did Tony Romo say? 
This is a meritocracy. <laughs> that, that's what this is, buddy. And, and you're going out on the first round. All things are fair. All things. Stop talking about what's fair. Fair. I, I, I don't even live in the word fair. I live in the word just. I'm serious, man. Everybody wants what's fair. Everybody doesn't deserve what's fair. What's fair says I'm giving everybody a dime. All right, you get a dime, you get a dime, you get a dime. What if you did a dime worth of work and he did two cents worth of work? Why can't I give him a dime? Does that mean I'm being fair or does that mean I'm being unfair? I want to be just. You get a dime. You did two damn cents and that's what you get. Two cents. That's what I'm saying. If you do your work, then you don't have to worry about fair. You're going to be treated just. Do your work. Don't get kicked out in the first round. You don't be talking about fair. You'll be saying, give me what's just. Give me what's mine. I live on just, not there. All right. Now, I love Michael Irvin. He's not very passionate, though. You know, I wish he had a little more passion. That would that would help. True. But what I love about Michael Irvin was, yeah, he is he's calling out Mike McCarthy there. But just three days ago, he called out Dak Prescott, mm-hmm. Ezekiel Elliott, mm-hmm. C.D. Lamb. Mm-hmm. Those guys, it's not about being fair. They've got to produce. They do. They've got to produce. And I'm not just talking about the Dallas Cowboys, so everybody didn't think I'm a Cowboy hater. That comes to Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Right? He's got to produce. And so it it is up to the players, because if you're going to demand a $400 million contract, well, I'll tell you what, you better back it up. And if you don't, then you should be gone. It's just that simple. I don't care you know, you want the money? That's great. Zeke Elliott gets the money. What has he done since? Nothing. 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 And I tell you what, so these players want to sit out and moan, and I'm the best running back in the league, and I'm this, and I'm that. And Jerry says, okay, well, hmm, here's your money. Now go perform. Hasn't done it. And so the players have to be held accountable, too. It's not just the coaching staff. It, 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 it's not, but the coaches and getting the most out of them. And Michael Irvin, critical of the players, and I appreciate that because the players do respect him. They respect when Troy says something. Absolutely. I mean, there is there there is that I'm calling you out, right? But at the same time, when you think about <laughs> what Sean Payton would offer and could Sean Payton get more out of those guys, I think universally a lot of people think that he, that he would. And that becomes the question. The question is how – now the question is – how soon before Jerry can make it happen? And I will go back to Sean Payton doesn't make his announcement yesterday if he doesn't have some things worked out. Whether it's officially or on the back of a bar napkin, Sean Payton knows his next move. Whether it's this year or, as he said, sitting out a year and then coming back in, Sean Payton knows what his next move is going to be. And Jerry, at 80, or he'll be 80 next October during the season, he doesn't have time to be patient with Mike McCarthy like he was patient with Jason Garrett. You're absolutely right. We talked about that at the gym this morning, in case you're interested. It's like he's walking away from how many millions of dollars? Mm-hmm. Two two years, three years left mm-hmm. on his contract? Yeah. It's a lot of money. Jerry will make him whole. But you don't walk away from that kind of money and not know what your next move is. Absolutely. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star ESPN AM 1250, 94.5 F. Hi, this is Paul Feinbaum, and you're listening to San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 94.5 FM.
Thank you much, Paul. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 94.5 FM. I'm Jason Minix. He is Joe Reinagle. We've got some good basketball action coming up here on San Antonio Sports Star right after this show. The Aggies of Texas A&M. Oh, my goodness. They're looking to snap a two-game losing skid tonight. Going to take on the 19th-ranked LSU Tigers. That's going to be a good ball game, Jason. But you can catch that game right here. It starts at 7.30 with a pregame. Tip-off is set for 8 o'clock. San Antonio Sports Star, you're home for Aggies hoops all season long. The voice of Andrew Monaco. Andrew Monaco, the silky voice. Always good stuff. Man, there's so many different things going on in the football world. And again, Sean Payton and the Cowboys have taken over and taken some of the lime or spotlight away from the AFC and NFC championship games. We'll talk about those coming up, but... It, it does appear that the Jacksonville Jaguars are close, maybe, sort of, to hiring a coach in Byron Leftwich. But they even seem to be fumbling this. Well, of course they are. <laughs> They're the Jacksonville Jaguars. It, it's unbelievable. Urban, Urban Myers is out today. Ur, Meyer is out today, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, he, he did an interview. Yeah. Surprise. His time with Jacksonville was the worst year of his professional life. <laughs> Who would have thought that? What well, a, I mean, he he finally does an interview, and you know he talked about college coaching is seventy five percent recruiting, and you know the NFL there's no recruiting; it's a hundred percent scheme. And you know he took it personally, had some depression in there. But shocker, he did not enjoy his time as coach at Jacksonville. Well, yeah, that that is maybe that's why he needed that support stripper at the bar that was of his not in a Ohio. Stripper. That was just some young lady that was at the bar. Okay. Well whatever she was a rich guy. Yeah, you know, maybe that's what know, that was. Grinded. Maybe she was it just support because he was having he was depressed. Yeah. And ha- you know, and having a hard time. But no, I mean come on. That's ridiculous. And it's just interesting to me how many college coaches that are so good in mm-hmm. college yep. just can't seem to do it in the NFL because it is just so much different. All about scheme personnel these are who you have to work with you can't you can't say well i don't really like this guy that i got in the seventh round can i go get me another five star and just out recruit or you know with nil money make it happen used to be under the table money make it happen um yeah uh, the interview with urban is exactly what you'd think it would be and i i don't know which organization is a bigger dumpster fire right now jacksonville or houston now, Houston has an opportunity to turn things around with the right coaching hire. They might trip into success in spite of a Jack Easterby, although with, with Easterby in control, in control I and, and Nick Casario, oh, but it, it feels like it's Easterby, with whatever they get for Deshaun Watson. There's been some rumors that New York was interested. The New York Giants owner today, John Mara, he kind of killed the idea mainly because of all the allegations. We're not, we're not trading for Deshaun Watson. Why not? Last Why not? one. Why not, John? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just, I mean, there's one to follow up. Sorry, John. Yeah, I, there's, uh, there's so many reasons why we wouldn't do that. I mean, cap-wise, we couldn't afford it, but more importantly, uh, with the allegations that, that are out there right now, that's just not the right fit for us. Not the right fit with those allegations. And I appreciate the reporter trying to get a follow-up. I don't know if John Mara is negotiating in the media right now. Because exactly if, you, if you can get Deshaun Watson, you go get Deshaun Watson. 
That's exactly what he's doing, Jason. The, first of all, the whole salary cap thing is is BS, right? Because he that they, they can get around that. Teams do it all the time. That's not an issue there. Now the allegations are another thing. So is he sending a message to the Houston Texans that we're not going to give those three first round picks that you guys want? Maybe we'll do two. Because you know he still has these things hanging over his head. Yeah. So he's really not worth three. So maybe we'll talk about two. Yeah, that's exactly what he's doing, because you're exactly right. If the New York Giants, even though they've got Danny Dimes, who, I don't know, what has he got? This will be his fourth season, fifth season going in? It will, but as John Mara today said, they believe in Daniel Jones. They, They believe, and his quote is, quote, we've done everything possible to screw this kid up. Well, what does that mean? Uh, they've had some crappy coaching, and they've done everything possible to screw them up, but they believe in them. You know, they haven't hired a new coach yet. Dan Quinn hasn't fully uh, accepted that job yet, as Dan weighs all his options. They did hire a GM. So, John, you can tell me cap space. We all see teams do the salary cap gymnastics to make it work. It's Do you really want to give up that draft capital? I don't believe any coach, GM, owner in the National Football League that says, Oh, those little allegations? No, he can't play here because of that. If you can play football and make us better, we'll deal with the PR hit. And the Giants are one of a handful of teams that have the draft capital to give up for Deshaun Watson. They have it. So it, it just makes perfect sense. But, you know, I'm reading today that, that Deshaun still would be interested in going to the Miami Dolphins, even without Brian Flores there, because that's the spot that, well, it's Miami, for goodness yeah. sake. I mean, you know, it's is that masseuse capital of the world? It's one, I mean, one, I don't know. one of them. It might be, one, right? One so maybe he wants yeah. to go there and do that. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's certainly a place full of Instagram models. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly is. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know what Watson, but he's got to get his deal cleared up. And he's, he's working on it, right? I think all but three of the 22 have accepted a a, a, payment. a cash payment, yeah. But the other three are saying mm, that's not enough. Well, and and the other three are, are to this point that when the grand jury comes back, which is supposed to be this week, I believe. Then they say end of by end of January. I w- hope so. Will there be any criminal charges brought against them? And the anticipation is from all the legal experts is no. It will all end up being civil. And so once there's no legal. Deals coming towards Deshaun, John Mara will change his tune. Absolutely. As long as there could be a hint of possible legal, then I could see where John is at right now, John Mara. But once it becomes civil, pay him off and let, let's move on with our life. Let's talk about the games this weekend. Okay. AFC, NFC championship games. We'll get into those as we continue here on the Blitz. Joe Reinager, Jason Minix, the Blitz. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 94.5 FM. He is Joe Reinagle. I'm Jay Simonix. You can be a part of the show on Twitter at JoeKens5, at Jay Simonix. Carl Schoening producing today in place of pledge. He's on Twitter at Carl ESPN. It is great to be here this afternoon. It's Wednesday. We're halfway through. It's hump day. We're getting ready for a big Sunday in the NFL, Jason, and... Uh, you know, I just hope it is it, it, it just half as good as last weekend was. You know, it, hard to live up to what we saw last weekend. Unbelievable. It, it, it really is. And today was, you know, 
I don't know what you call it, middle of the week, getting ready for conference championship games. But hump day, you know, I, I spent a, a good portion of my morning on NFL Network because they were going to bring all the press conferences live. You know, so you know you, you're seeing Joe Burrow talk and Jamar Chase talking about how Les Miles told him he couldn't play receiver, wanted right. to make him a DB, all that kind of. You know, but you're watching all the different teams that are playing this weekend holding their press conferences. Andrew Siciliano, they started early. He said, he started the thing going, man, I, we got six hours coming up. And I'm like, good <laughs> Lord. You know, I missed Andrew. No red zone. I don't get six hours of Andrew. But, you know, it was like, you realize that's where you are. But the interesting thing is, is they were weaving out of the press conferences. They weren't giving us more on the game. They were talking about Sean Payton and the Cowboys. Of and, course. And that's where they go. But you think about these games. And, you know, one of the talking points and Joe Burrow, uh, you know, was like they were in an exciting game that came down to a kick, right? San Francisco in, in a exciting isn't the right word, but a tight game that came down to the final play. And then you have Kansas City and what they did and, yeah. and the Rams and, and how they won. And one of the narratives on the NFL Network, at least today, was – are the Rams and the Chiefs in for a letdown after the weeks that they had last week? And I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. Cincinnati, they were down 14, right? They rallied. They won the game on a, on a last-second kick. San Francisco won a They had dramatic wins in their own rights. Maybe not quite as exciting as the Rams and the Chiefs, but... Aren't all four teams possible for a letdown if if you're going with that kind of narrative? Well, yeah, I mean it's it's look, you need something to talk about, right? And somebody sure. somebody dropped the ball on that, that's for sure. Because you're right, all of those games came down to the wire. So, um, but I think what they might be talking about, I'll get in the head, is that San Francisco and Cincinnati were underdogs. Nobody expected them to win necessarily. And they got it done. Now, the Rams-Tampa Bay, I think most people were picking the Rams to win that football game. So the pressure was on them. And then you look at Kansas City-Buffalo, could have gone either way. So maybe, maybe you could make a case for Kansas City having a letdown. But I think the other three, nah. I, I think everybody's going to be ready to go. And, and it should be interesting, Jason, because you've got Kansas City a seven-point favorite at home over Cincinnati. And the Rams are a three-and-a-half-point favorite over the San Francisco 49ers. Which is interesting, because if you go back to the first round, you know, the favorites uh, covered in five of the six games. The one favorite that didn't are Dallas Cowboys. Uh, last week, underdogs were 3-1. and one. And, and, and so you look at it, I, the 49ers have won six in a row over the Rams. They're trying to go seven straight That's over, over Sean McVay. And you hear coaches all the time say, it's hard to beat a team twice in one year. So is San Francisco going to beat the Rams three times in a year, twice in a couple of weeks inside the same building? But while the Rams are favored, right now the 63% of the money is on San Francisco to cover that spread at three and a half. Interesting, and and I'm not sure why that is. Again, I think the Rams are the most complete team left in the playoffs, and uh, if I had to pick a team right now to win the Super Bowl, I think it's going to be them. They'll be playing at home, which may not mean a whole heck of a lot because they, their fans sell tickets to everybody. Yeah. But I think the Rams, the, the problem with the Rams is they don't know how to finish, and they've shown that mm -hmm. in the last couple of ball games. They showed it against Tampa Bay. They showed it against San Francisco the last week of the regular season 
when they blew a 17-point lead. They blew a huge lead to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Now, a lot of that was on Cam Akers for, <laughs> for you know, being butterfingers there. He couldn't hang on to the football. But that's the problem. That mm-hmm. is a problem. So no lead is safe if you're a Los Angeles Rams fan. Well, and, and again, you look at three and a half, if people think it comes down to a field goal and you know, uh, even if the Rams win on a last-second kick, you know they'll they'll still cover that number. But the Bengals, there there's a lot of money. There's more money right now on Cincinnati than sixty-six percent of of the money is is on Cincinnati to cover that seven and a half line. So you you look at that and you just wonder: Do they expect it to be a closer game? Yo, know, I mean, Joe Burrow talking about you know I played at LSU. I've been in some loud places before. <laughs> You're not gonna bother me in kansas city come on man have, have you been to the grove come on every stadium in the sec is loud well i guarantee you there's no nfl stadium louder than what they play in in death valley i mean there's just not or you go to college station it's one, yeah. one of the best atmospheres in the world so in that respect he's right you know the fans that's not going to bother him at all does cincinnati without kansas city having a letdown does cincinnati have enough firepower to keep up with Patrick Mahomes and all the weapons that he has. The other game, NFC game, does San Francisco have enough offense to keep up with the Rams? That's my problem with them. They, they didn't do anything against Green Bay. Their defense mm-hmm. and special teams yep. got it done for them there. So th- that would be my only question about that. But you give Cincinnati a touchdown, hmm, maybe you take that. Well, and, and you look at... Mahomes just—I I, I mean, what we saw between Mahomes and Allen was ju- was just incredible. I, I mean, it was unreal. It, you know, we've seen basketball games where two guys are just one end of the court. Guys are going lights out. You know, you hate to use a tennis analogy because that's an individual sport versus you know a team sport, but that's what those quarterbacks look like. All right, my turn. You know, these this volley's going to last forever. Here, here we go. We're going back and forth. You know, never mind the other ten guys on my team or the other. 11, that, that I mean, it was just incredible quarterback play. But Kansas City needed all of it to be able to get that win, to be playing this weekend. Cincinnati going against Tennessee. They, they were down, but Tennessee is such a physical, dominating defense. And I don't know that Kansas City is that, especially without Honey Badger in the middle. I think a lot of success that Gabriel Davis had with the Bills is because Honey Badger wasn't there. You know, and, and, and you know, they said this dude catches four touchdowns in, in a playoff game, mm-hmm. you know, with Honey Badger not there. I, I, it's the playoffs. It's the AFC championship game. You see these three fingers. How many, how many, how many of these three fingers do you see kind of thing? I mean, I can't imagine that a concussion keeps the Honey Badger out of this game. I would imagine he'll be on the field this Sunday. Um, yeah. Boy, I tell you what. It's, What's what's great about the playoffs, Jason, and you just go back in the history, is that there's there's always that one team that gets hot at the right time. Maybe that's the Cincinnati Bengals. Maybe it's the San Francisco 49ers. Maybe. I don't know. You know, the joke this morning was NBC has got its its hands over its eyes because they're 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 scared to death that San Francisco and Cincinnati are gonna be in the Super Bowl. Now I don't care about it. I'm a football fan. I think it's going to be a, it, that would be a great matchup, and it wouldn't matter. But their thought process, all the all the muscle heads at the gym this morning were thinking that you know nobody's going to watch that. What do you think? 
my mom might not watch. Right, that's what I mean. Everybody listening right now will watch. And we're all tuning in for the halftime show anyway. I mean, if you, if you, you know, when you watch, that's what they seem to tell us. It's the, I mean, to the point where they're actually going to pay the dancers. They originally wanted 120 dancers to show up, be a part of the halftime as volunteers, but the union said, no, you got to pay these people. And they are. The NFL said, okay, because they know, oh, I, I'm with you. It, it's almost like when the Spurs would be in the NBA finals. Right. Nobody wanted them there. I think people will tune in for San Francisco, and that's such a big market. L.A. and Kansas City, obviously, people are going to be there. What's the casual fan going to be? I, I think NBC is it NBC that has the Super it Bowl is. this NBC, year. NBC, yes, yeah, and they got the Olympics starting too. I've seen the yeah. promo, but but I mean, you know, as long as Tennessee's not in, they're good because <laughs> because at least you got Joe Cole, at least you have Jamar Chase. You've got some storylines. You, you, you've got some. Yeah. You've got some storylines that that are better. But you've got Cincinnati when you start looking at the TV markets and the ratings. Every year we hear that. Well, the NFL wants these teams in. Uh, did you see the ratings this past weekend? Every game did great. You know why? Because it was great football. There was no reason to go, all right, this one's over. Let me go Let me go do something else that a casual fan might do if games aren't good. All four games did incredible ratings numbers. Okay, well, let me give you a barometer Okay, this is just something that I was uh, kind of a, an unscientific experiment that I did, right? All right. And and I appreciate it. I had a great promo on the air, right as halftime started of the Tennessee Cincinnati game, right at the start of halftime. This promo, right? Yes. It, and it was about my retirement. It was it was nice, <laughs> right? So I saw that. It was, it was great, great, great. Didn't really think much about it. So I'm sitting at at uh, a place Sunday night. Same promo comes on. My phone blows up. Joe, we didn't know this. What happened? Congratulations. Blah, 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 blah. Nobody called me in the Tennessee game. <laughs> so I'm not sure anybody was watching that game but me. Everybody was watching the Kansas City-Buffalo game. Mm -hmm. So my unscientific experiment will tell you how the ratings went this weekend. Nobody cared about the Tennessee game. They I were cared. in the Texans' time slot. And your friends didn't call you because they knew that was your team and they didn't want to bother you. That's well, not true. No, that's, that's, that's not true. <laughs> they yeah. don't care about my feelings. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. I'm good, glad plus, you don't care the, about the, your feelings. The Titans were down at halftime anyway, and so maybe they were worried about you know my feelings at that point in time. You're, you're true Because they didn't look good. Although, although I will say, though, because we were sitting at the bar together Saturday night during the uh, Green Bay game. Yeah. And several people did congratulate they you did. on your retirement, although not one person offered to buy you a beer Nobody. to celebrate your retirement. Nobody. Not one, which I find interesting. And you think about that Green Bay game, it was interesting because none of us thought Green Bay would lose that game. Nope. None of us thought that would really be Aaron Rodgers' final game in a Packer uniform. Yet, that was... Uh, it's possible, but they're not going to lose here. It's Green Bay. They'll wait and lose in the NFC Championship <laughs> game. That is the Aaron Rodgers M.O. Well, Aaron Rodgers is uh, on vacation. He went on Pat McAfee, as he does every week. And what I appreciate about this Aaron Rodgers interview mm -hmm. versus all the other ones, Joe, is it's the most unselfish I've heard Aaron Rodgers what? in a year. Aaron Rodgers unselfish? Aaron Rodgers 
even talked about, he will make his decision before the deadline to make sure other teammates and the organization have time to prepare. One thing I would not do, 100% would not do, is retire and then, you know, come back a year later. Like, that's just... Okay. I don't, I don't have any desire to do that. That, that makes no sense. Um, I feel like I'm at, I'm at the place relationally with the Packers, um, you know, in a really good place, especially with, uh, with Brian and the way our friendship and, and trust has, has grown where it would be a simple conversation and whatever comes out of conversation is moving forward. There's not going to be any weird, you know, standoff, uh, you know, war of silence or anything. It's, you know, Brian and I have had good conversations throughout the year. And when it, you know, when it comes time to make a decision, we'll have a, we'll have a conversation and, and that'll be that. There won't be, it won't be a long drawn out process. And, and, I think that's what's best for me, for him, for the organization, and for all the other decisions that need to be made. And, and retirement is on the table. I mean, seven, it is. 17 years there, playing somewhere else, free agency, he knows because of his contract isn't there. But last year it was, yeah, I don't know if I want to come play. Oh, you want to talk? My phone doesn't work out here. Get on the private jet and come, you know, kiss the ring and beg and bag and bag and and it was all that back and forth in the drama and even you know the interviews this year it was you know but you could tell as the season's gone on and maybe the reality is you know it's a pretty good place to be and i feel like i've got some unfinished business or my god i might actually get what i want and that's go play somewhere else and that scares the hell out of me <laughs> known hell versus unknown hell Maybe, and I, but I think a lot is going to depend on what the Packers do. You know, what kind of team they have. I think Tom Brady's the same way. He's waiting to see what the Tampa Bay Bucks do. So, you know, that's a lot. But Rodgers can't retire for a year and then come back. I mean, the guy's 37 years old. And he, and he said that. That's the one thing that he knows he won't do. And outside of free agency, every possibility is on the table for him to to give some deep thought to. No, I don't think there's any uh, free agency is is not. I don't think that's an option. But I think, um, but everything is definitely on the table. Uh, there are things that seem more plausible or more likely, which I won't necessarily get into. But um, the most important thing is first uh, the the commitment to to playing and to going through the off season and training and all that all that stuff is the most is the first. And then after that, um, it's just conversations with uh, my agent and, and Brian, and looking at the uh, the desires of the team and, and the you know the kind of the mindset moving forward, and then make a decision from there. And, and when you hear that, and when I say that's the most unselfish I've heard him sound, I really thought when they kicked off this season, this was his last in Green Bay, not yeah, his last yeah. in the NFL. That kind of sounds like he hasn't made a decision. Knowing how Aaron Rodgers puts it all out there in all the interviews that, that he does, and he seems very open and honest with, with McAfee. And if you remember during the last summer, he went on with Scott Van Pelt. Yep, yep. Um, he might not give you all the details, but at least you have a pretty good idea of what direction he is going in. And that's why I thought direction was going to be houses for sale. I didn't renew the golf club membership there at the country club in Green Bay. I'm not doing any of that kind of stuff. And he's looking for his next team. He even owns Chicago. He told us that during the year. Maybe the Bears. But 
That what's what's the team need? You know, it, it feels more team player-ish than he has all season long when it comes to his own individual desires on where he is next year. Could that be a negotiation? Maybe that's Aaron Rodgers and his agent getting together and saying, "Hey, let's uh, let's back off the 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 egomaniac Rodgers mm-hmm. and let's be nice." Let's play team. The Packers have already come out publicly and said they want him back. Well, sure. Yeah, they want him back. Well, oh, sure. I'm not sure that is because they caused this whole thing to begin with Mm -hmm. when they drafted Jordan Love. They did. And that irritated Rodgers, and that started the whole beef between Mm -hmm. Rodgers and the Packers to begin with. But they gave him everything he asked for last year and set him up to be able to leave this offseason because they thought – they had a team that could go win a Super Bowl. So let's let's do one more run. And there's no way he wins a Super Bowl and then decides he wants to go play for another team. True. Instead, number one seed, one playoff game, and they are out. And you got a lot of other guys on that team, specifically Adams, that has to make he's a free agent. He make is. a decision. Well, don't you figure Devontae Adams' decision is going to be a direct result of the decision that Aaron Rodgers makes? Well, I guarantee you that those guys are calling each other. Oh, yeah. Okay? Adam said, hey, I just got an offer from the Rams. Or, hey, I just got an offer from so-and-so or the Mm -hmm. Vikings or whatever the case may be. And, man, I I think I'm really going to take that. I don't think the Packers are going to match it, and this is huge. And that could affect what Rodgers is going to do. Because if he doesn't have Devontae Adams, and we saw him most of the season. He doesn't trust anybody else. He doesn't throw it to anybody else. (laughs) So if Devontae Adams is not there, who the heck is he going to throw the football to? So that could make a big difference. And I guarantee you they're going to talk to each other. But but Green Bay publicly isn't going to say, yeah, we're done with him. We're going to help him find a new home, and we're ready for the love experiment to to start in Green Bay. Of course they're going to say we want him back. He's a, he's Aaron Rodgers. It's hard to part ways with a Hall of Fame quarterback, but it sounds like both of them are going to work together so that where Aaron Rodgers does end up, Green Bay is going to get some good compensation there. They're not going to release him and let him go be a free agent. There's going to be a trade that is going to be worked out. Then you start figuring out what makes sense for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, well, sure, but and Aaron's got to look at uh, how many years do I have left. I mean, you see another Tom Brady where he can go, you know, another seven years to age 44? I don't think so, and I don't think he wants to. No, but the way he played this year, what do you have, 37 touchdowns to yeah. four picks? He's going to be the MVP. With a, with a broken toe? Sure. I, I mean, I- at least four or five good years, barring a, a massive injury, right? I mean, you know, he's healthy. So if he and if I'm Adams, that's what I'm looking at. You know, if you decide you're going to commit to Green Bay for three or four more years, so can I. Sure, because as long as he's there, they're not rebuilding. Well, and and Adams knows he's going to get the football most of the time too, so he he probably will still be there. It's going to be interesting to it see. It will be no the, the the off season storylines, as they always seem to be with it. the NFL. I love it. Sometimes the off season's more fun than the actual season. Well, and the NFL lasts all year round. Yep. That's nice. That's exactly what it is. Now, one of the other big off-season stories broke yesterday when Sean Payton announced his retirement. And then, of course, you look at all the connections to the Dallas Cowboys and what is Sean going to do. We'll talk about that with Jane Slater from the NFL Network coming up here on The Blitz. 
It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 94.5 FM. He is Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minnix. She is Jane Slater from the NFL Network. Cowboy season has been over for more than a week now, yet they still dominate the news cycle. And one of the great things about having you on with us every week, Jane, especially on a day like today, you cover the Cowboys for NFL Network, but also the New Orleans Saints. You were just in New Orleans last week talking with Gail Benson. Did you get any any indication uh, while you were down there that uh, Sean Payton was going to do what he did yesterday? Okay, it's always funny how some of these things happen, right? So when we were down there, and you don't want to jump to conclusions, but I had heard rumblings that Sean was done in New Orleans. In other words, he wanted to be done after the no call and it was emotional, right? That was, you know, the, the Rams game in the playoffs. I was there for that one. It was tough. And then some of these exits in the last couple of years, it just felt every time he tried to reboot himself, it got harder and harder. And I think ultimately for Sean, he felt like, you know, after over a decade there, he sort of reached his ceiling and given the cap situation they were in, you know, you're having to reboot and ultimately find another quarterback. You don't know how long guys like Cam Jordan are going to stick around. Uh, you know, we're still waiting to see what Michael Thomas's situation is going to be next year. And ultimately, his goal has always been to be the head coach that wins a Super Bowl with two different teams. There's never been one to do that. And you also have to look at Sean. His mentors in the business are guys like John Gruden and Bill Parcells. And so look to where those guys went, right? Raiders, Cowboys. And so while I'm down there with Gail, um, there were, I didn't know who she was necessarily talking about, but there was frustration that she couldn't get a hold of somebody and that they were MIA. And as we did this overreaching conversation just about work and employees in general, going back to when she was in interior design, she had said to me, if people want to go, you've got to let them so that you can allow the people who want to be in your life to be there. And I don't know if she was alluding to this situation or not, Jason, but it was just all very interesting to me. And then I learned that Sean and Gail had had a conversation prior to my arrival there, and he was in Cabo taking a beat, and she wanted him to really think about this. And he had even said yesterday, she had said, come back for training camp. But we all know when you're a head coach in the league, you've got combine, you've got the draft. There's no taking a break after the season and coming back in training camp. Um, and so his mind was pretty set. And I almost got the sense that she knew where his mind was going as well. And if I had to put money on it, Dennis Allen is the contingency plan. Um, they feel really good about him. And the one thing that I've noticed about that organization is they've had a lot of stability and consistency over the years. Dennis Lauch as the president, of course, Mickey Loomis as GM, Greg Benzel, her PR communications guy. Uh, so she's got a really great team around her. And, you know, as I said last week, this is no shrinking violet. This is not a person who's just listening to what others tell her. You know, she's got a pulse on a lot of these things. At least that was my takeaway. Um, and so I think they all knew that the time was coming. I can tell you that the pro football talk um, article that came out about the trade, mm -hmm. Dallas, I was told that was 100% true. 
Um, but the people around Mrs. Benson after Tom's death didn't necessarily want, with the Anthony Davis looking to make, you know, uh, an exit out of New Orleans with the no call, they just felt like it was too much. And then ultimately, Sean had a gentleman's agreement uh, that he would sign this next contract slash extension, and then they got it done in September of that year. And so my understanding, all of that was true. Now, are the Cowboys interested in doing a trade right now? I think that's the natural question. Mm-hmm. You know, you've it's almost like the girl that got away. She was getting ready to head to the altar, and then she decided to cancel the wedding. And as a guy, you're out there going, well, I'm kind of dating this girl I sort of like, but the one that got away ended her engagement. Is it fate? I reached out to people in the organization, and while Jerry is still very upset and and more upset than he was after the Garrett loss to the Rams, which is what led to, you know, that trade talk um, back after that game, it's my understanding that Steven and company are ultimately going to talk Jerry off the ledge. Mike and his staff have another year, and I do think that with the exception of the Raiders and the Cowboys, Sean, he's jumping without a net. He legitimately does not have another job. I can tell you that. That is a fact. Okay. But I think he sort of needs a year away from the game, too. And if you look at a guy like John Gruden, Gruden was able to sort of art of war this thing. Uh, you get a different perspective when you're scouting teams as part of the production crew, right? You're getting intimate knowledge of the plays, you're studying film, you're hyper-focused on a lot of these games. And if Sean was to cover the NFC, uh, what better place for him to go than Fox? Fox has all the NFC games. And so Jay Glazer is his best friend over there. I just think it would be very interesting if one of those moves came to fruition. Um, and, and Sean had sort of intimated in his press conference, you know, I think I'd do pretty good at that. But it's my understanding that no media group has necessarily offered him a deal. I'm sure some stuff's going to come up with Super Bowl, and you'll see him on a couple of things. But um, I think that that's his path right now. And if you think about it, it does sort of allow Jerry to further evaluate uh, where things are with Mike McCarthy. Give this, you know, otherwise he's got, you know, he said us 29 coaches. Now, of course, a couple of those coaches, we've got some moving parts here in the offseason. But that's a lot of coaches that you're paying off, paying out for another year. Uh, so I think everybody's just going to sit tight. But if you're Mike McCarthy, that seat's never been hotter and there's never been a push to win now. And how interesting that Sean was so frustrated that he wanted the Green Bay job and Mike McCarthy got it. He's a little Machiavellian at times. <laughs> he won't say it publicly, but I would think that uh, that's been in his crawl space for years. Uh, and so, you know, it, it's, 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 it makes for interesting off-season headlines, but I can just tell you I've done a lot of my due diligence this week while I'm working on this move, still not in the house, Um, (laughs) but it doesn't sound like there's any movement on this thing just yet. Well, you know, I find it interesting and and that, you know, you've kind of looked at that um, Mike Florio book and that story and all of that, because we were talking earlier, Jane, about Jerry Jones, and you know Jerry Jones as well as anybody. I mean, he kind of likes to have some control over what's going on with the Dallas Cowboys. So Sean Payton would be a guy that would (laughs) want that control. So obviously they had some kind of deal worked out there. Do you think, because Jerry wants that Super Bowl, obviously bad, very badly, that he would give Payton the control that he wants? 
I think there are few coaches in the league that would get the autonomy that a Sean would seek. And that's Bill Belichick. And that's Sean Payton. Uh, you know, for a little bit, it felt like they were deferring to Mike McCarthy. In other words, not giving injury reports and, you know, uh, sort of doing things the way Mike did. But I think he's been quick to start to do things his way again. You know, in other words, well, hey, if what you do is better than what I do, all in. But if I don't think that you've got as much control as you say you do of this team, then my hands are back in. And I do think that they value his talent evaluation of players. I mean, this is the same coach that, you know, has famously said to us, you know, he stood on the table and banged his hands for Alvin Kamara. And that really worked out for them. This is the same guy that when he got on the plane, uh, Jerry Jones had come up to him and asked him, you know, do you, do we've got, do we have a quarterback right now? And Sean Payton said, yeah, he's in the building, Tony Romo. And I know that over the years, they've appreciated his insight and, you know, have talked with him. Um, there's some other things that I think could come out over the years just to sort of this Sean, Jerry thing uh, that I don't want to step into right now. But I would just say that Jerry and Steven and that family respect Sean a lot. And one day it could very well happen if the Raiders don't beat him to it. Gonna, um, I indeed, think that's another team that Sean would be very interested in. And that's another owner, I think, that would let Sean have the autonomy that he seeks. Jane Slater from the NFL Network joining us here on The Blitz. And Jane, as you, as you say that, I just can't imagine that Jerry would lose out on a second chance at Sean Payton if Florio is accurate and you're confirming it, that in 2019 everything was worked out so we can all blame Anthony Davis for making his <laughs> announcement when he did. That guy uh, is, is keeping Sean from being there. I can't imagine Jerry would, would let the Raiders beat him to the punch no matter what it would ultimately cost him. But at the same time, how does Mike McCarthy coach next year knowing that Sean Payton is waiting? I know you're a UT uh, type like me, and I'm thinking – I, if, if I'm Sark, I'm not happy that Gary Patterson is the is in the building. It's like that guy's waiting to take the keys to my office and take my job. Listen, this wasn't exactly the best-kept secret back then. It just hadn't been reported. That's why I was a little shocked when I saw it in Pro Football Focus because it had to be someone that had very intimate knowledge of that situation because there were a lot of details that I knew about that I was shocked that came that came to light in the story. Um, but how do we, you know, Jason Garrett coached through that next year, right? Cause they, they mm -hmm. ultimately weren't able to move on with Jason. Uh, what is Mike's other option right now? Is he going to quit? No. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? So if anything, it's sort of a win-win. In other words, the one thing I think that's helped the Dallas Cowboys this year with defense specifically is you brought in talent. There was competition. I think Jerry and Steven like this because it's hyper-motivating for your head football coach. You know, you've got to win now. And not saying that, that Mike doesn't have that uh, mentality when he goes to work every day, but I know in my own business, I'm always looking behind me. There's always, you know, a younger, harder-working person who's going to, you know, uh, be hungrier than me. 
And if there's someone behind me, I'm, I'm working even harder. I'm, that's, I'm sure for you guys and anyone listening to this show. And so I think that there, I think there could be some off the side conversations as the months go on. I think uh, there could be this wink, wink as we talk about Jerry, he's really good at that. I just don't see Jerry doing it right now, but I could be wrong. I'm just going on some of the conversations I've had with people. And by the way, I'll be interested to see if Dan Quinn actually gets one of these head coaching jobs, right? He's been on a lot of interviews and no one's pulled the trigger yet. Is there a possibility that if one of the jobs that he really wants isn't out there, that Jerry could offer him more money to stay? So I think there's a lot of moving parts here still. And I, and I get the interest by the media on one of them where we want answers now, but I don't even think the front office has those answers just yet. I just think the next couple of months are going to be very interesting, depending mm-hmm. on the talks that, that, as you mentioned, that are going on behind the scenes. And, and what is uh, Sean Payton going to do as a TV network going to approach him? I just think, I mean, right now, everything is just kind of out there. And, and what I love about what we do, you included, Jane, and, and by the way, there's nobody harder working than you are, okay? So you got nothing to worry about, all right? But I, I just think that, um, you know, it's, it's going to be so interesting for us as fans as we watch this and speculate about the behind-the-scenes stuff that you know has to be going on. I mean, this stuff goes on a lot, right? Like, I'm, what were the conversations that were had with Chicago and Seattle that ultimately fell through where Chicago and Russell's agent, even though it's, you know, you technically can't really have those conversations. Uh, we do know that Tom Brady was on his way to New Orleans. That was fact. That was happening. And then Drew Brees decided to stay an extra year. And so all these little things, they don't always get reported, but there's always these conversations I've found covering the league the last six years that when I was working local or, you know, uh, in radio, you weren't exactly privy to. But these things are constantly going on. And if you don't think at Combine, there's going to be more of that chatter in the next couple of weeks after Super Bowl. There's going to be all sorts of chatter. Um but I do feel like the Cowboys feel like that maybe two years isn't enough to really gauge a guy. I mean, we can all agree that the first year, anything that could go wrong did for Mike. Yep. But this year, I think what's been a hard pill for Jerry to swallow is the fact that you literally got outcoached and you had a really good team with a lot of talent. And I think they asked themselves a few questions. One, could Sean Payton have done better with this offense? And more specifically, their very high-priced uh, toy in Dak Prescott. And one of Jerry's biggest regrets over the years has been wasting Tony Romo's time, wasting his youth, wasting his talent. Jerry told you that. I mean, we, we heard mm-hmm. that. I'm not telling you anything that he said to me off the side. I have to wonder if he's thinking that about Dak. But what stood out to me about Steven and Jerry after all of it was saying once again – what they said about Jason and Mike Nolan and Jim Tomsula was we have the personnel. In other words, they feel like their player personnel department has done a great job of assembling a roster. Why aren't they finding somebody to do something with it? Um, and as one, one person in the league told me, with teams dealing with the cap and how challenging that can be in you know, this modern era of football, the really only advantage that a lot of teams have these days is great coaches. I mean, Andy Reid is a great coach. Um, And so I think that that is what the Cowboys are sort of dealing with here. Now I would tell you that, 
you know, hiring a guy like Sean Payton certainly energizes your fan base. When found, the same way that Mike, I think, energized them at first. But I think two seasons where you feel, you know, disappointed or you've come up short, I think that's frustrating for people. But again, we're still talking about a 12-5 and five season for the Cowboys. I think that's what's maddening. And then I think the other question is, how good can this team be if Dan Quinn's not here next year? And so, again, I think there's so many moving parts right now. And what I appreciate about Jerry is he doesn't make – he might be emotional when he talks about, but he doesn't necessarily make an emotional decision. He does take a few weeks to do that. We've seen that. Like, yep. every time my boss is telling me that I'm reporting on Black Monday, I'm like, that's fine, but we're not going to have a hiring. We're not going to have a firing or a hiring today. It's just not going to happen. Uh, I mean, I remember covering the Jason Garrett ordeal and Jason Garrett still walking around the facility with his binder, you know, under his arm, as one person described it to me, doing exit interviews as if nothing was wrong. Um, And, you know, I just I I care about the people on Mike McCarthy's staff. I've gotten to know a lot of them this year uh, because we really couldn't last year with COVID. And, you know, as we talk about coach firings, you have to think about their families and moving and, and all the things that come with it. So. I don't wish that on them. And, you know, I just, I think that they don't wish that on Mike either or the staff. And so I truly believe they're going to give him another year, but I think there's some people in the building that say, even though he's getting another year, they don't have a lot of confidence that he's going to do much with it. It's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out, Jane. Well, I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about when we visit next week and then uh, when we're all in LA for the Super Bowl. Jane Slater from the NFL Network. Always appreciate the insight. And I can't wait to be moved in this house. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck with that. Jane Slater from the NFL Network. She's uh, obviously on the network, a bunch of podcasts. Make sure you follow her on Twitter at Slater NFL. Don't get your paychecks in Bitcoin just yet. No. It might cost you. We'll get into that (laughs) as we continue here on the Blitz. We've got the damn mic. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN, AM, 1250, and 94.5 FM. He is Joe Reinagel. I'm Jason Minix. It's the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star. Reinagel, you got any money in uh, cryptocurrencies? You know, I don't, Jason. I mean, a man of your age thinking about retirement, retiring from one job, I imagine, you know. Well, you know, crypto has just kind of come up, though, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so, you know, I'm still old school with a 401k and stocks and things like that, but I haven't gotten into the crypto. Because as an old guy, I guess, I'm, I'm a little bit leery about that stuff. You know, I'm not quite there, but I'm there. But I, I'm leery. I, I want to take a couple thousand dollars, put it in Bitcoin, and see what happens. Although I realize with what those uh, prices are right now, a couple thousand dollars doesn't buy anything. Yeah, I right? think, wouldn't you want to put your $750,000 a year salary into that? Uh, well, that's what OBJ did. Yeah. And when he signed with the Rams, $750,000, and he put out there on his social media that he was he was doing it in, in Bitcoin, and then he did some sort of promotion with Cap, Cash App where you could drop your tag and you know he'd throw some Bitcoin your way. Yo, if you've been paying attention... Um, those cryptocurrencies are down big. One is down like 8%. Um, uh, another one is, uh, see, Bitcoin is down 4% over the last 24 hours. And Action Network, Darren Ravel, he's tweeting that based on Monday's Bitcoin prices, 
Assuming that Odell did convert a lump sum of 750000 into Bitcoin when the deal was made in November, his salary today would be worth $401,500. <laughs> <laughs> and you want to know the kicker? He still has to pay taxes on $750,000 cash. Now, see, I don't understand how taxes work, but that's just not right. Right? I mean, that's just not right. It, well, I mean, the tax code doesn't... They they go with dollars. What was that in dollars? Like a good old American dollars, that's how we're going to tax you. It, it, it's interesting, and I realize the fluctuations. I've had a couple of conversations with my financial advisor who, you know, for me in my situation, I'm not willing to risk that kind of I, – I can't do that. Everything – I've got some things that are aggressive, some things that are safe, but my guy – I got my daughter through college without taking out a loan. I mean, the plan he's got me on, I'm happy with, right? Yeah, I, yeah. You know, part of me wants to try it. I've got friends that say, oh, I've made X. Well, where is it? Well, it's still in there. I, I don't know people that have actually, like, made all this money and went and bought a Lamborghini yet. I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know that. I hear people talking about it. I, I'm just not there yet. And then I see something like that. That scares the hell out of me. It does. However, when I first, and I just toy around with some of these stocks, right, that I that I play around with. When I first got into it, I saw crypto at 19000 mm -hmm. And then about six months later, I see it's about 57000 So mm -hmm. I'm like, man. Well, today it's thirty five. But that's what I'm saying. So if you got in at twenty grand, you are still pretty happy, I would think. So no. maybe maybe OBJ will be all right. He just needs to let you know leave you, it alone. You, you got to let it go. And again, a guy like o Odell could take seven hundred fifty thousand and throw it in there and not even worry about it. Exactly. I mean, you know, guys like he might do that on a vacation. You know, that would be hell of a vacation. But you know, I mean, I'm just thinking. You know, and now it's so expensive. Like I said, if I took two or three thousand and try to put it in there. I'm buying such a small amount of one coin, it ain't going to make that much there of a difference. Are, there are different ways to invest in, in cryptocurrency, though. So a couple thousand might might do you okay. I'm and I'm no stockbroker, okay? So that's no friendly advice for uh, yeah. you or anybody else. But there are other ways to do it. I am not there yet. <laughs> I know other people that eat it up. Yes. I don't, I don't know that I'm there yet. I, I, I mean... I'd rather go to Vegas. You got to take a risk. Grand. Well, I mean, the odds <laughs> the odds are about the same. It kind of right? feels that way. It kind of feels that way. How aggressive are you on the blackjack exactly table? Exactly right. And who's the idiot uh, <laughs> on that side of you at the table? And what is he doing? And is he going to screw it up? I mean, it's it's uh, it's insane. You see, Rudolph, you can buy small amounts. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I mean, I know there are some of you out there that 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 love it. Yeah. Um, I, I just. Like I said, the plan I've been on has been so good. Why would I try to mess with that? Well, there you, well because you have to. You're getting older, Jason, so you need to take some chances. <sighs> well, we'll see. Will Jerry take a chance on Sean Payton? <laughs> Talk about crypto or cryptic. Yeah. The messaging that we're getting out of the star is interesting. We'll get into that as we continue here on The Blitz. Joe Reinagle, Jason Minix. The Blitz. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 94.5 FM. He is Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Menix. Carl Schoening producing today and 
place a pledge is going to the Spurs game. We'll talk some Spurs coming up. You know, coming up uh, February 1st, is that the day? Are we still on that day? We're going to be on 103.3 FM. Yeah. You know, and I've made jokes for years. When we were just started the radio station, we were just AM 1250. Then we added 94.5 FM. And I always made the joke, I sound taller on the FM. <laughs> and maybe I'll sound even taller on 103.3 until, of course, you see photos of yourself with your new co-host. I didn't realize you were that tall, Ryan Engel. Well, am, am I that tall or are you just that short? Yes. I, I, think, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, you know, it's what, but you don't have, like, we did a photo shoot. Yeah, you know, we did. I mean, you know, you know. I think the pictures on the website are still me and Rob, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, with Photoshopping on the website, you know, they'll chop our heads off and, you know, we'll we'll be even there. Make it look, yeah. But, but Rob is a big dude. He is right? a big dude. I mean, dude. he's, you know, big in every which way. Right. Right? And he's like 6'3". I'd never looked at you and thought, man, Joe is super tall. Well, I'm not. It's, well, until I... Yeah, you are. I mean, look. I'm if average. you see these photos, I mean... It's like, you know, Michael Jimenez reviewed the movie Twins. I mean, that's kind of how it how it feels. Like well, I said, I didn't realize you were that damn tall. Well, I'm, I'm 6'1". That's uh, average, pretty much, right? I'm 5'7". That average? That's average. That's not average. What, what is average? What I don't is, know. What is what average? Is average height? Is it 5'8", five, 5'9"? Five, so I've always, I thought it was 6'0". Uh, well, no? Well, no. 6'0"'s considered tall. See, and I, and I say this. I have a niece who is tall. She was a basketball player. All right. And she wouldn't date a guy that was under six feet. Oh, wow. 5'11", she looks at the roster, you're out. Well, she didn't want to be taller than her date. Exactly. I got you. I, exactly. Okay. And, and, you know, and she would, perf- you know, I think her fiancé is like 6'1", 6'2", but according to Carl on Google, 5'9", is, is your average. 5'9", um, okay. And, and so... You know, but she would want a guy six three, six four, so she would feel small. Sure. And so, you know, six feet, five eleven, forget it. Six I feet. I get that. Yeah, you know. I just you know, as long as I've known you, I mean I everybody's taller than me, so that's nothing new. <laughs> I just didn't realize you were that tall until I saw those photos. Yeah, I didn't realize it was that tall either, but uh yeah, I kinda liked standing next to you because yeah, I felt tall. Well, again, but I look at your brother who's like six five, he's tall. Right. No, dude, you see I'm- him, he's tall, and you you know, I take a picture of you and your brother, and that looks like me and you in that picture. Well, I don't know what happened to me because uh, I guess the milkman <laughs> came by that day or something because I'm the shortest guy, right? Yeah, but you got all the looks. Well, that's true, too. <laughs> Thanks, that's a Jason. a good-looking milkman. You know, that, that is true. It's very true. And and when I referred to the muscle heads at the gym the other day or, or earlier in the show, I was referring to my brother, by the way. Yeah. So, because he got he got all the height and the muscle, he got all you the got height the hair and the muscle. Got well, he's got he, he he's doing okay in that department. You know, I've got another brother too who doesn't really have the hair, and so I don't know what happened to him. Maybe he was the milkman. I don't know, but uh, yeah, it's fine. But both of those guys are taller than I am, and my sister, who by the way lives in Las Vegas, she uh, she's pretty tall too. So it's interesting. Like I said, it's never been a I I. I in in the world of which I work, if I take a picture, generally I'm the shortest guy. You know, you're yes. around the Spurs players, you're around NFL players. I mean, there's a few NFL players that, you know, like Cole Beasley lies on the roster because I got a photo of me and Cole and we're, we're eye to eye. Um, there was one guy with the Texans one time that was 5'5". Five, five. 
It's the only time I've ever taken a picture with an NFL player that I towered over. I used to love interviewing Patty Mills and Tony <laughs> Parker because they, I could actually look those guys in the eye, yeah. right? Straight on. Yeah. Both of those guys. So that was good. But then you get a Tim Duncan or uh, David Robinson or somebody like that where you're looking up and <laughs> you make sure the interview's not too long because you get a crick in your neck. Yeah. And your arm starts hurt if you're holding up that microphone. Now, I did an interview one time with Shaquille O'Neal where I was looking eye to eye with Shaq. Yeah. I was standing and he was sitting on a folding chair. <laughs> and we were eye to eye. Well, it, that had to feel pretty good, though. I mean, to be eye to eye with that guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that. That was it. You know, we're we're sitting there. We're we're eye to eye. He's in a folding chair, although he moved his leg, kind of hit my leg, and damn near knocked me over. I would imagine so. I mean, he would knock anybody over. I didn't know. Shaquille O'Neal was a Cowboy fan. Shaquille O'Neal is a big-time Cowboy I fan. I didn't know that. Because he is a great American, and like most great <laughs> Americans, they are fans of America's team. So what are you saying? The rest of us are not? I'm just saying that a great American is a fan of America's team, and Shaquille O'Neal is one of those. And like every great fan of the Dallas Cowboys, you're a better general manager than Jerry Jones. You know exactly what the Cowboys need to fix the problems. And Shaquille O'Neal, on the big podcast with Shaq, offers up what Jerry needs to do to fix the Dallas Cowboys. I'm putting this out right now. Deion Samuel is the next head coach for the Cowboys. Jerry Jones, this message is from Shaquille O'Neal, Incorporated. Deion Samuel for the next coach of the Cowboys. Why not? You want to get Dallas back rocking? Bring Dion to the fold. Dion will hold those players accountable. Dion stands for the next Cowboys coach. Put it out. Tweet it. Damn it. TikTok it. Instagram it. OnlyFans it. Put it out. ET it. Not OnlyFans. OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. You know, somebody on that podcast was paying attention to what he was saying. Yeah, OnlyFans. <laughs> OnlyFans. Now, isn't that the, the, the one that we're... You like get money for your feet? Is that where that one is? is among that, other things, yes. Uh, among other things, right? Okay, so I knew Carl I don't know, would know how that. you spend your money on OnlyFans, Joe, but feet's not where well, no, Carl not. spends his. Well, <laughs> it's other things. <laughs> I, I've heard about that, uh -huh, right? From yeah. some of the younger folks. Uh huh. Right? And they talk about that because, I mean, they talk about seriously wanting to do that. What, OnlyFans? Yes. I mean, so but you can actually make money. You can make money doing just about anything on the internet. There nowadays, is some right? chick out there that farts in a jar for a lot of money and sends it to somebody. <laughs> I, I mean, seriously, there are dudes on the internet that will pay for anything. That's absolutely true. Anything. And Any yes, <laughs> anything. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's awful curious about oh my goodness. this OnlyFans. Well, no, I'm not curious about it, but I heard about it, and I just think that that's, you know, I... You got, you got a foot fetish, Joe? I don't. I, I mean, don't. you and Rex Ryan? No, no. Okay. Uh, not, not necessarily, no. Uh, but it, I, I find it fascinating, though, the things... This is a great country, is it not? Yes. You can make money doing a lot of different weird stuff. Yeah. So, and, and if you do, you know, God bless you. Whatever, whatever you want to do, whatever floats your boat, it's really none of my business as long as you don't bother me and my family. 
you know, what you do in the privacy of your own bedroom, hey, I, I don't care. That's that's up to you. I, I'm 100% there. So if you want to make money taking pictures of your feet or other things, as Carl says, then, hey, God bless you. Although other things probably get you paid more. Well, it might. I'm, I'm, I'm well, it depends. Saying. It's, I'm just saying. It depends saying. on whether you've had COVID or not. <laughs> somehow, <laughs> somehow... Shaq has found a lot of ways to make money without being on OnlyFans. Although he'd make a kill in there too, I'm sure, because everything he does, uh, he he's there. The the big podcast. Deion Sanders is head coach. I think it's brilliant. Do you know how much fun we would have with Deion Sanders as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys? You know, as a Cowboy fan, and I, where I say Shaq is brilliant with this idea because we're all talking about his podcast. I yep. forgot that he had one. The it, it would be fun, but would it result in wins? And Deion Sanders as coach, Coach Sanders, yes. or Coach Prime, and address him properly. Yes. Very different than primetime the player. Sure. I remember covering Cowboys training camp up at St. Edwards in Austin. And hot, we yeah, as hell. it was hot. Funny story up there one time. We, we you know, Bill Bates <laughs> borrowed a can of my dip. He he was trying he was trying to get a pinch in the middle of practice. Right. They call his name while he's got my can, so he takes off with 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 my can. Right. So I've got the rest of practice and. Bill Bates has, has stolen my, my my skull, right? And then all of a sudden, you know, here comes primetime in his golf cart. Yep. Music blaring, mm-hmm. Michael, every, I mean, it was it was a party out there. It, it was a party. Bill Bates, after whatever he was doing, whatever practice group he was supposed to be in, comes running back across the field, getting yelled at by a coach. To give me back my skull. Nice. Damn near gets run over by Prime <laughs> in the in that golf cart, um, which was was. But that's not the Prime you're going to get. No, but from all intents and purposes, and from what I hear, now where's he coaching? Is it? It's not uh, South Florida. No, it's, it's uh, uh, Jackson Jackson State or Jacksonville. Yeah, is it Jacksonville State? Apparently, yeah. though. I mean, he's stealing some big recruits. Oh, he is, dude. At the All American Bowl, man, there was a kid that you know had Florida State and Ohio State, all these hats up there, and he's going to JSU. He's going to play for Prime. He had the biggest flip in the history of college recruiting, and NIL money has a lot to do with that. As does the idea of of it doesn't matter where you play anymore, the pros are going to find you, and if you're playing for Prime. You know you're going to get noticed. You're going to get attention. And the HBCUs getting more and more national televised games, which is great for for those programs. And we've seen plenty of great athletes come from those smaller schools and and get there. But and with the transfer portal, if you go there and it sucks, you could be at Florida State next year too. Well, sure. I just don't know if Dion is ready to be an NFL head coach. Well, I mean, who is and who knows who is? I mm-hmm. mean, we've seen some some of these young guys that have been hired as head coaches that haven't done a very good job. I just don't think, what I don't think is, can you imagine, we're talking about Sean Payton and Jerry Jones, you know, agreeing on personnel decisions. Can you imagine Deion Sanders and Jerry Jones trying to get into agreement? Because I promise you, primetime 
is going to want to do it his own way. He would want to do Absolutely. it his own way. And it, and, and it, if you're prime and you're having a conversation with Jerry Jones, don't you say what we've all said today and yesterday? If it's Sean Payton, Sean is going to have roster control. Right. And apparently that was worked out in 2019, where if there is a coach out there that Jerry believes in, he'll give him the keys to the car. He'll, he'll let him drive. Jerry will sign off on everything just like every owner does. And and right now, I don't. Jerry has final say as I say this, and I collect my thoughts on the right way to say this. It's not just Jerry's way or the highway anymore. I think there was a long period of time after Jimmy that Jerry made ultimate decisions, and they weren't always football-related. It might be marketing-related. But you go back to Johnny Manziel or Zach Martin, and the idea of the story with Steven grabbing Jerry by the shirt collar and pushing him up against the the door of the wall or whatever and convincing him not to go that route. You know, Stephen, Will McClay, Jerry does listen to all those guys, and I think it is a lot more of a consensus than Jerry gets credit for. But if there's a tiebreaker, Jerry's decision is the tiebreaker. In this case, I think Sean Payton's decision would be the tiebreaker. And if you're Deion Sanders and this was serious, and I don't believe it is at all, I think you would say, Jerry, if you were going to give that to Sean, give that to me. Well, I don't see why it wouldn't be serious, and I don't think it is right now, but why not sometime in the future? You know, I think Dion will probably end up at Florida State at some point in time, right? That Get back to the alma mater and be at Florida State. And then why not the pros? If it's not the Dallas Cowboys, why not somebody else? I think Dion Sanders... Just the way he is, the way he approaches the game, he's a professional at it. He had a good time playing the game, and I think he's a good head coach, and I think he would make a good head coach in the NFL. And guys would respect him enough to play hard for him. I, I think with, with Dion, with all the interviews that I've seen him do since he's been a head coach, and admittedly when he took that job, I thought, well, this is a gimmick. But I know how he coached at the private school level. Talked to him a couple of times through the years when they were coming through and traveling and doing high school football. He is a serious, serious coach. Very serious sure. coach. He's not hurting for money. Nope. And I think one of the reasons he's at Jackson State is to help and bring attention to HBCUs and develop those young players into great players, but also great men. It's not... It's you know, because I think when Florida State opened up, they would have been, uh, he could have had that job. Sure. He there could've. was rumors about him with the TCU job. I think there's just more of a passion for him to stay where he's at right now. So you, you think that he's just doing it more to help out that community, yes. that school, than it is serious as to moving on and becoming something else bigger and better? If he wanted to be a major D1 coach, I think he would already be there. And maybe he will in time. But I think right now it's a matter of where he can have a greater impact on more lives as opposed to what's best for Deion Sanders. I'm just going to steal a line from Rudy J. 
because you know the heck with integrity or something like that, right? I want storylines. I'm with you there. If Deion Sanders was a head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, we would have more fun than is allowed by law. I, absolutely. But does that get you more wins? Does I don't that care. Get you... Who cares? I do. We're I'm a Cowboy fun. fan. We're Give me Sean Payton, man. <laughs> Sean I want Payton. Sean Payton. Oh, my gosh. So what are you going to say five years from now when Sean Payton's had three years at the helm of the Dallas Cowboys and you're still getting knocked out in the first round? That won't happen. It won't happen. <laughs> Because we've got the great Sean Payton. Yes. I, the Wonder Boy. The, the, Sean Payton. The, exactly. Well, I, I mean, again, you you listen to Shaq saying, I want Dion. You know, a guy that I trust a lot more than I trust Shaq is Mike uh, Michael Irvin. And Michael Irvin was on 105.3 The Fan today. And he is all about Sean Payton becoming the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. And they asked him what you just said. You got Mike McCarthy. He won a Super Bowl. Right. We were out in the first round. What kind of difference would Sean Payton make? Here's the difference that you have to understand that I think puts Sean Payton above it all. Look at the success that Sean Payton has had without his best players. Without Michael Thomas, without Drew Brees, he still keeps them competitive. They beat the champs twice this year without his best players. That's what we're talking about. Without our best players, we lost every darn game. That's the reality. We lost every darn game. I had a stuffed animal on the show as an emotional support dog. Are you joking? That's what I'm talking about. I don't think Michael Irvin is over the fact that the Cowboys are out. I don't think so either. You know, it's interesting. I don't think any of those guys are. And when we talked to Daryl Johnston, the Moose, on Mondays, you know, it's he, he talked about all those guys getting together and, you know, talking just as on, in a social setting, not a business event, and where they could sit around. I guarantee you, and he, he wouldn't tell us completely, but I guarantee you there was some griping going on about oh. what happened this year. There had to be. These guys are so invested. I mean, you hear the passion in Michael Irvin's voice when he talks about the Dallas Cowboys. And Troy Aikman was the same way when we heard from him about all this. So I think I, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall and listen to that conversation between all of those Cowboy greats. And, and you know one thing that we never seem to hear about with a Sean Payton coach team? Clock mismanagement. Nope. Poor use of timeouts. Leading the league in penalties. Team's not prepared. That's true. I, I, all I, I all mean, that's true. And Mike McCarthy was outcoached in a number of games down the stretch, mm -hmm. including Arizona. Yep. And in San Francisco. Yes. Just completely outcoached. And he had issues. You go back to the Chargers game in week two. Remember, he he couldn't see the clock. I don't, I don't know. That clock went away. You know damn well. You walk into a stadium you've never been in before, and you find where the clocks are. Coaches do it. Broadcasters do it. Quarterbacks, they're looking for the play clock. You know where you go over that part of your pregame routine. You're going to tell me the clock went away. They took it off. The, there's always permanent clocks. In every stadium, that's NFL rules. If you didn't know Mike McCarthy, you weren't prepared. And it just felt like there were too many situations that they weren't prepared. You look at what the Chiefs just did. 
13 seconds left. Their players were prepared. They all knew what to do. The Cowboys, 14 seconds left. Nobody and, knew and what to do. And you got guys that didn't even seem like they were hustling, and then it sounds like they practiced it wrong. And to Mike McCarthy's credit, three, four days later, he still thinks he's right. <laughs> and that's the problem. And Jerry Jones, who will be 80 next year, has told me on this show before how, how much he wants to win one more before he is gone. Yes. And he knows he's got limited time. You don't know if it's one more year, five more years. It's Jerry. I mean, you, you, you never know. The idea that other teams are going to be interested in Sean Payton. Of course they are. Every team would be interested. The Raiders, they're looking for a coach right now. Yes, they are. Sean said he might want to take a year off, and maybe he needs a year off. But what if the Raiders came a-calling? Um, you, you, Somebody just commented on, I mean, Carl, put that back up. You hear about Bounty Gate. That was a long time ago. But you know what that tells me? That's a coach doing everything he can to win. <laughs> so it, it doesn't matter, right? Well, if he becomes the Cowboys coach, oh, okay. it, it won't matter. So it it's, won't like matter. Bang, it's like banging trash cans. Oh, my I mean, gosh. <laughs> no. look, I, he paid the price for that. He, he paid the price for that. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, look, I, Sean Payton is Sean Payton. He's got a great reputation. But you know what? So did Mike McCarthy. All right? He did. So, again, I'm going to stick with this, and I'll say it really quick because I've said it before. The players have got to be held accountable. It's the players who make the plays. You can call all the plays you want. You can have all the schemes you want. But if the players don't make the plays, you're right. They don't make the plays. You're right. And I just have a feeling that we don't hear from the Saints over 15 years accountability issues from their players. The Saints won one Super Bowl. They did. That's it. They Same did. as Mike McCarthy. And they, they've had some bad luck, just like the Cowboys. Des caught it. That should have been a penalty. It, it's there. Yeah, the ref didn't do right. Should have been a penalty. Should have had another play. Should have done this. Hey, we should have prepared better. We should have played better. I'm tired of excuses from multi-million dollar players. It's their fault. They need to perform on the field. 100% agree with that. 100% agree with trying to figure out ways to make more money. We already have an OnlyFans subscriber, Joe. <laughs> Lisa Gillespie just texted me. OnlyFans idea for you and Joe. Make you a ton of money. Show off your pedicures. Lots of freaks like fresh toes. Hey. I, I'm always I, in for more money. I, I, I'm trying to think. Do the freaks like fresh toes or gnarly toes? Well, I don't know. I'm sure there's some that like gnarly. Some that like So fresh. Carl can make some money, too, then. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I have been I've never a yoga seen instructor, and I hope that uh, tradition that I, continues. I've been a yoga instructor my past life, and my feet health care has been very important to me. Actually, wow, that does not surprise me at not all. Not at all. <laughs> I have not done too much since the pandemic, though. People like to talk to you after, and yeah, I roll the dice on going to sporting events and broadcasting. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Co well, you know, COVID. The more times you roll the dice, you can't do COVID. Uh, you can't do yoga during COVID? Uh, I just preferred not to. That's kind of when I stopped doing it. I, I was probably teaching four, six times a week. You taught? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm certified yoga instructor. <laughs> wow. That's another thing I would not put Carl Schoening in. Now, do like, you do the, the lazy dog or what do they call it? Downward that? dog. Downward dog. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm not bad. You know, I, I did, uh, my, my favorite classes I ever did were with the, uh, Texas State, uh, football team whenever Withers was there. See, I don't know that that would have been my favorite class. <laughs> it, it's if you fun because said the strutters, which is where I thought you were going. <laughs> well, it's fun because it's the only thing athletically I have on them while they're just suffering through the yoga class. I'm just kind of like, come on, it's easy. Just breathe. I, I don't know if that's a bragging point. Getting to know Carl Schoening, ladies and gentlemen. I've learned a lot. You, know, you tweeted, you saw what he sent in the group text about his dinner yesterday. Yes. <laughs> jackfruit barbecue. Y'all talking barbecue. I was like, hey, got some jackfruit for you. I didn't even know Ooh. what jackfruit was. I didn't either. Yep. And not sure that I want to know. Yep. <sighs> All right, Carl. You ever hurt yourself doing yoga? No. Uh, I did do I, I, some pretty I, intense yoga for a while, but I, I never hurt myself. I think I'd hurt myself if I was doing yoga, yeah. which means I'd have to call Dr. David Espinosa over at TSAOG Orthopedics, because if you twist, pull, pop, or snap something like a downward dog, uh, Dr. Espinosa, he'll get you taken care of. Man, I can't wait till we get one that says, I'm Sean Payton. You're listening to the home of the Dallas Cowboys. I'm Jerry's Dallas Cowboys. I'm Dallas Cowboys head coach Sean Payton. Jerry's not You're listening to San Antonio Sports Star. The Blitz with Joe Ryan Engel and Jason Minnix. Thanks, Sean. Can't wait till we get that next wow. year in Oxnard. Yeah, next <laughs> next year in Oxnard. So you, this year or you're talking 23? I'd like to get it in August. In August of this year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, your first trip to Oxnard? As a, well, not my first trip to Oxnard. With us? With you. Where you yes. get to yes. live in the beach house? <laughs> Hey, I love the beach house. I've been to the beach house, and I like the beach house, so I'm okay with that. That's cool. We uh, we usually grill up some good steaks at the end of that trip. We we certainly do. It's it's a, it's a good trip. Wait till L.A. in in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that too. Looking forward to that. So Rams Chiefs. That's what who will be there. Is that is that where you're is that yeah. where you're leaning right now? I'm I'm making my call early. Are you? Yeah. All right. I just. I, well, we're gonna we're supposed to talk Spurs and trade. Yeah, we, 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 we will. We will. We will. I think the Rams have too much. They're not going to lose to the 49ers again. Won't happen. Chiefs are too good for Joe Cool, and uh, that's that's what will happen. I think it'll be a great Super Bowl, Rams and Chiefs. Don't you? I, I do too. It'll be a lot of fun. Although, kind of how I feel about Tom Brady. I'm tired of going to Super Bowls with Patrick Mahomes already. Well, I didn't go last year because of COVID. So. <laughs> already, but but I mean, think about this dude would be. Three straight Super Bowls. Dude, maybe he's the uh, GOAT junior. He, he, I mean, he might be. Might be. He, he might be. Josh Which, Allen may have something to say about that in the years to come. The, and, and you look at Joe Burrow and your Titans, there's always going to be right there. Unless, I don't know, they get Aaron Rodgers from Green Bay. Wow, wouldn't that be something? Could you imagine? Hey, I'd be okay with that. Hey, Aaron, hand the ball to Derrick Henry. Yeah. F you, coach. <laughs> Go, team. <laughs> Well, yeah, I could see that already. Yeah, I tell you, because Ryan Tannehill is certainly not <laughs> the answer. The guy, <sighs> you know. I just want to pull the tape from two weeks ago when you were all over Ryan Tannehill. Be, well, if he would have done what I suggested that he do, then the Titans, we'd be talking about them playing Kansas City in Nashville this week, and everything would have been fine. Okay, hand the ball off to Derrick Henry and don't make mistakes. Mm -hmm. What does Tannehill do? Mm -hmm. Three big ones. Mm -hmm. The last one was the backbreaker. They overcame the first two, mm -hmm. but that last one was the backbreaker. It's easy to overcome an interception when it's thrown on the first play of the game. Yes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Even the first play of the second half. And the first play of the second half. But at the very end, 
It's not. No. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. Spurs tonight. I I hope you enjoyed watching last night's game. <laughs> where they score 134 points. Last night's game was so good that about third quarter, I finished watching Ozark. Yeah. I won't spoil it for you. But, man, if you're not watching Ozark, you're missing out. Well, I'm not watching Ozark, and I don't feel like I'm missing out. You you really are. No, I'm really you, not. You, you really are. You start Ozark in March. In March. <laughs> in March. Oh, when you don't have two yeah. jobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, plan now to give Joe things to do with free time because he's going to have more than he's ever had as an adult. Yeah, I'm going to need to binge watch some stuff, I, I guess, in March. When I have that opportunity, and maybe I'll help Michael Jimenez review movies because he's not very good at it. He's not very good at it. He he, I think with his movie review today, he realized there was a threesome, and that just distracted him the rest of the movie because everything he said after that, and it's been a long time since I've watched. I already forget what the hell he reviewed, but Urban uh, Cowboy. Urban Cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> um, you remembered the threesome, though, uh, didn't you? Well, you who does it? You just didn't remember the movie. I, I was at an age then where you, you didn't even know that that, well, that could happen. I mean, um, so so yeah, it, it's but but after that, everything else that he had, he got wrong. I, I don't know if he was playing Wordle or Candy Crush during the movie, but. He certainly wasn't taking notes like a good movie reviewer does. I think he read the Cliff Notes version is what I think he did. He didn't watch that movie. No, it's... Because there's no way you give that movie a B plus. I mean, it's it, at the very least, it's an A-. minus. The very least. And I think it's at least a solid A. I mean, John Travolta, Deborah Winger, I mean, it, it was awesome. Was what, Scott what, Glenn... What year did that movie come out? 1980. 1980. Yeah. Johnny Lee with the Looking for Love at Gillies. I figure I was seven years old. I probably wasn't even allowed to watch it. You, pr <laughs> you probably weren't. It wasn't a, It wasn't like it was graphic. No, but, you know, as a seven-year-old, eight-year-old. You, you knew what happened, and but it wasn't a graphic You rewatched it again a couple couple years later in your teen years, and, you know. You, your imagination <laughs> goes wild, doesn't it? Because... And we. <laughs> Yeah, that, well, uh, we won't talk about that. But, I mean, John Travolta does very well in that movie right off the bat, right? He's got the two girls first, and then Deborah Winger right away the next night. Yeah, so, like, I mean, like you're new to town, you go to a club, and night one you end up with the threesome, and the next night you're, you're on the dance floor making out with somebody else. I mean, most guys don't have it that way. No, they don't. So, But I've never been to Pasadena, so maybe that's how it works there. <laughs> it might be. It, it might be. But it, you, you look at... Michael's movie review is kind of like me watching the Spurs last night. Yeah. It, it was it was an ugly game in the sense of it wasn't competitive. You could tell early on the Spurs were doing to the Rockets what they should be doing. And they kicked their ass. And, no, they did. And, and again, second half, I finished Ozark. Tonight's game, I'm worried it's going to be the opposite. Well, the because good, Memphis is such a better team. Well, they are. But the good news is, because it was such a blowout last night, the starters only played 25, 26 minutes. Mm -hmm. So that's a good thing, right? They shouldn't be tired at all. So here's my question for you, because it's all over the internet. Everybody wants to trade DeJounte Murray. Mm -hmm. Why? I don't get it. New York Knicks are the team that I guess right now is the is the team that can use him the most, at least from what I've seen. And uh, 
I don't know. Would the Spurs do that? That's no, the question. No, uh, they. I say no. The idea of trading DeJounte is he's your most valuable tradable piece right now that you should be able to get a haul in return for. And I'm talking about picks and maybe star players and speeding up the rebuild process. I just get the sense the way Pop has treated the last couple of years and this year, we're building towards the future and figuring out who we can build around. And clearly, DeJounte is who you want to build around. And they've got a lot invested in DJ. I mean, and this year has been his coming out party. Coming into this year, I thought it was going to be Keldon Johnson being the focal point, and he hasn't been. But if you're trying to get the most you can in a trade, DeJounte is going to be a part of everybody's that's trying to trade with you. They're trying to get you to give up on DeJounte because he could be a piece that could take them from a, a mediocre or a mediocre, a mid-level playoff team, four, five, six, and maybe get them to where they can compete for an NBA title. Which you just answered your own question, which is why the Spurs should not trade DeJounte Murray. Because he is the guy. Mm-hmm. Best thing that ever happened to DJ was uh, the the veterans going away. DeMar mm-hmm. DeRozan, yep, Patty Mills. Because all of a sudden it's his team. And he knew it. He's always been a confident guy. Always has been. He's always been a natural-born leader. But now Pop said, okay, there's nobody else here. This is your team. Go lead it. And he has done a fabulous job of that. And you you made the comment that the Spurs need a guy they can build around. And mm-hmm. DeJounte Murray is that guy. Keldon Johnson, keep in mind, he's just a baby. He is just a baby. Mm-hmm. All right? He's going to come around. Be patient with him. Devin Vassell is starting to shoot lights out. All right? This guy is another piece that you can build on. This team has got a good foundation. You don't need to blow it up and start over. They've got some good young talent. So DJ should stay. Forget about all this uh, noise that we're hearing on the Internet and and rumors in New York and and all that. DJ's got to stay. You build around that kid. Here's the reason I don't see it happening. First and foremost, a team that is calling the Spurs and talking to Brian Wright about DeJounte because he can help them become a title team this year isn't going to give up the pieces. They might give up some picks, but if I'm if I'm Brian Wright, I want more than just picks. I, I want star for star at, at this point, or a, a developing star. Well, you mentioned the Knicks, and without looking at the Knicks roster and trying to figure out who I would want in, in that scenario. Somebody else will do that for us. Uh, absolutely, but, but the idea is... <laughs> If the Knicks are trying to get DeJounte to go be a title team, that's probably a key piece to their success right now, so they're not going to be willing to give that up. And if he's lesser than DeJounte, why would the Spurs trade for for a player lesser than DeJounte? So I, I don't see it happening. What I see is a lot of Spurs fans or NBA fans ready for the Spurs to pull the plug on this season and tank, which I'm not a fan of and I don't agree with, but if they do that, just try to get as many picks for the future. And I, I just don't see the Spurs pulling that off. Maybe Brian Wright does that because we don't know what's going on in their offices and what they think their future is. But everything that we have seen, it's there. Now, at the beginning of the year, when DeJounte wasn't a part of the HEB commercials, I thought he might be out. I thought he, I thought he might be out. Honestly. Oh, well, 
How was DeJounte? Not a part of the H-E-B commercials. Well, the H-E-B people said, who do you think's going to be here in a couple of months? Because if he doesn't finish the season, we're not going to be able to reshoot these commercials. So early in the year, I thought maybe there was a departure coming for DeJounte. I don't think that now. Well, I tell you what, H-E-B might want to set up the set again because a guy like Derek White might not be. I mean, you talk about a disappointment. Uh-huh. You know, Derek but, White. But, but let's go back to the beginning of the year when they filmed those things. And you you know how it works. They have one day during training camp where they film those sure. and, and Pop allows it. And, you know, now that it's it's not the big three and those guys doing it, who's going to do it? Well, last year, all their, all, all their commercials, you know, when LaMarcus got traded, well, we can't run this one anymore. And, and so it felt like everybody in the commercial this year was safe to be here this year, the entire year. Well, and DeJounte probably wouldn't be here had he not had the season he is. I think yeah. this was that year for DeJounte Murray that he had to prove that he was the guy. And that's why I think that some of the moves were made to get rid of guys like Patty Mills and DeMar DeRozan and, and make sure that cleared the path for a guy like DJ. And it's like, okay, this is your year. Prove it. Had he not done that, then, yeah, I think you're talking about him going away somewhere. But there are other guys that are not performing, Jason, and other guys that have high expectations that could be tradable. And I'm talking about two right off the top of my head, Derek White and Lonnie Walker. I'm with you on Lonnie. Lonnie just needs a change of scenery. It just hasn't worked out. It's not you, it's me. I don't, I don't know what it is. It just hasn't worked out yeah. for, for Lonnie. Derek, he's one hell of a defensive player. Yes, he is. And as long as Greg Popovich is the coach of the San Antonio Spurs, I think he will trade the lack of offense and the lack of three-point shooting from Derek because of what he gives you on the defensive end, and that's why he continues to get minutes. I think Derek has shown he can shoot. He just has to get out of whatever funk he has been in. And if you say, well, get Chip England to help him, well, Chip's been helping him, but he just went in the COVID protocols today, so you get at least a week or so of, of no Chip England working with him. But Derek's still getting minutes because of what he offers on the defensive side. Well, and you're and you're right about that. And I'm not I love Derek White. I wish he was doing better than he is. He's the highest paid guy he's, well, on the Spurs team and, right and now. And that's and he's just that's not, part he's of the not getting it done. Eight guys in double figures last night, and I don't believe Derek White was one of them. And for what it's worth, D. White is actually having a great year from two-point range. He's putting up uh, he's six attempts a night and over six attempts a night, and he's shooting 50% from the field there. The only real flaw in his game is that he is a 29% three-point shooter, and math actually suggests that 29% isn't that terrible. You just obviously hope that'd be plus 7% if he's going to be putting up Five threes a night. This the uh, PR firm for Ron Derek White. And again, the numbers you just said would have been great in 2003. In today's NBA, you've got to shoot threes. You, you've got to. Well, I, you know, Derek's had some injury problems and he's had some other problems. And, you know, I, I don't know what will happen with him. I just think that he's a guy that Spurs fans and the Spurs organization has expected a lot more out of, sure. and I just don't think that he's lived up to that yet. And if you want a guy that shoots twos, then I would have kept DeMar DeRozan. Well, well that's I mean, it. He, and, and, and part of it is the contract. He is the highest-paid guy, which is still 
not a massive, ridiculous contract, but when you've got your highest paid player, you expect more of an ROI and, I don't know, knock down a damn three-pointer in today's NBA. I mean, even Pop has come around on the importance of threes. Absolutely. That's what it is. We'll talk more about the Spurs and Grizzlies as we continue here on The Blitz. Hey, this is Sarah Spain, and you're on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 94.5 FM. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 94.5 FM, soon to be on 103.3 FM next week. That's going to be exciting. February 1st. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minix. Come see us on Friday. We're going to be doing our show live out at Texas Cheer Liquor. The one on Palo Alto Road. I know Rudy, they all have numbers, one, two, three, and four. I'm not sure which... What number that what, is? What number that is, but it's the one on Palo Alto Road. Well, I, I, I'm i sure Texas Cheer Liquor probably doesn't care if you remember the number, as long as you remember the address and how to get there. Well, although, because I, I, I've run into this with, with one of the locations, the numbers help you when you put it in the Google Maps. Oh, really? And so okay. I mean, we'll tell you. You know where it is, Palo Alto. You know what's great about when you go over to Texas Cheer um, is there's always free sampling. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. I'm looking forward to see. I like these uh, radio remotes. Uh, absolutely. And the best part about the show on Friday is Ryan Nagel's not going to leave the Blitz and run over to Channel 5 to do the 10 o'clock news. Oh, my gosh, that's true. No, he's going to leave to run to the airport. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought you were going to say, I'm going to be here again. <laughs> so, uh, Oh, and Carl Schoening is going to be here again. Yes, he will be. All right. You know, it's been fun with Carl. It has. It's been fun. And, you know, he's a he's a Spurs guy, so, uh, you know, kind of bounce stuff off of him during the breaks. Yeah, and- but he he's one of those Spurs guys. That's always positive. Always, there, there's always that. Yeah. Uh, the, the, yeah, you know, I'm not a glass. I hate the glass half full, glass half empty analogy. If your glass is half empty, fill it up. It's a glass, right? Well, but, but everything always has silver linings with Carl Shoning. Jason, the Shoning name, uh huh, is they get a paycheck from the Spurs. Are you still on your daddy's payroll? No, but I am on the Austin Spurs so payroll, you so you know I, I I do make sure that I give a positive <laughs> vibe. But you know they, I have also been a Seventy Sixers fan during the process, so I I know what bad teams are. Yeah, and and the Spurs aren't there; they're just not a good team yet. And, not and, yet. And you could see them making progress. They're making progress, and we did too today. We solved a lot of problems. Yeah, we did. Although I've got to go, you know. When you get credit card receipts, your wife's out spending money. We got problems we got to go solve after seven o'clock. This is the Blitz.